do unto others and screw the consequences because it feels good emotionally. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of Grumpy Old Bands for Friday, December 4th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we have more information on airport pooper. And from America's left coast, where Elliot Page is a shoe in for Hollywood's best female impersonator award. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Okay. Yeah, that is a, I mean, I don't have an issue with somebody going through the transition Honestly, i don't care i just had to make the joke yeah it's an interesting joke except it's not a joke when netflix goes back and updates the credits in her work to oh i i know <laughs> that is where the issue comes in it's like this rewriting history stuff yeah, it, it, it's all about revisionist history that that's the people cannot handle real history anymore and they have to go and and rewrite it and change it i've got i've got notes about some somebody you know some rewriting history activity if if you wanted to go into that but uh i got notes about everything right now i did a i did a wc on my notes file 116.txt right before the show and it weighs in at 171 lines well i mean those are quality lines too well especially the blank ones yeah they are pure colombian lines good stuff Uh, yes I, the problem is I've got all these lines and I don't have a mirror or a straw. <laughs> this, yeah, the revisionist history. I've made the comment over and over again, because when Michelle Obama, who I think is a fairly intelligent person, when Barack Obama was first elected. So now this is going on, gee, what, 12 years ago that said that we were going to have to rewrite our history that I took her seriously. And we're seeing it happen before our eyes, and it's concerning. I mean, I have no problem, like you said, with Ellen Page finding her bliss by transitioning to Elliot. That's fine. But going back and changing the credits, and uh, I think it was Steven Crowder who's like, well, just think of all those people in those movies that were, you know, misgendering her. We can arrest all of them now, right? I mean, this there's, there's some really just... <laughs> bizarre concept you know, given that they're probably hollywood douchebags too i support this effort yeah round them all up <laughs> and uh understand that rewriting history is an issue and there's the you know the, the cliche that's been around forever which is you know those who are the victors are the ones that get to write the history and that's absolutely true until now and what's been going on over the last four years of the Donald Trump presidency really has proven to me that whoever controls the news media and the education system in the country, they're the ones that get to rewrite the history. And I don't know if that's where your stories yeah. fall in, but I'm guessing they are. It, it's something like that. Uh, it, and we've, we've gone past, you know, Victor is old news. Victor doesn't get to write history anymore. We're, we're now straight Orwell. He who controls the 
uh, past controls the future and he who controls the present controls the past. You just make up whatever history you want and then you teach that to people in schools. And now it has become fact, truth. It doesn't matter. The Civil War was about slavery. No, there were no economic reasons whatsoever. I mean, you know. Uh, white people today are constantly benefiting from racism, whatever bullshit you want to teach kids that becomes the truth and it becomes ingrained into their own personal psyche. And you're never going to be able to treat to convince anyone differently now. Well, yeah. And one of the stories I have was how Facebook is adjusting their hate speech rules and they are now weighting heavier hate speech against minorities and lowering the severity of hate speech against white heterosexual men. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I love this story. Go with it. And I'm going to come in with some quotes. I pulled out of this one. I mean, well, it's just the whole concept is absolutely nuts. And the, uh, there was a quote. I can pull it up here. I don't have the story up yet. But the woman from whichever woke organization was just going on and on about how this is what they've been really working towards. And I'm like, so you've been working towards the problem by wanting again more of the problem like we've talked about with a lot of this racist stuff because treating these things differently makes zero sense if everybody is equal then any hate speech towards anybody which should never be made illegal anyway but let's forget that for a minute it should be a blanket thing and equal across everybody not this well you know if it's hate speech against a gay person who's a person of color and a female that's way worse bullshit the the article i pulled this out of was uh was from the washington post and normally i don't go there because the 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 retardation is strong but it it was perfect for pulling quotes uh in fact it was so much i couldn't even get through the whole thing but uh, you you nailed it the the hypocrisy is real the the people who are genuinely not aware of their own irony of saying that uh you know racism is a problem so we need to fight it by injecting more racism you know discrimination based on skin color is a problem and we need to fight it by discriminating against people based on skin color that there there is honestly no self awareness when people set policies like this, um, uh, we can't combat systemic racism if we can't talk about it. And challenging white supremacy and white men is an important part of having a dialogue about racism. They're, they're, they're actually what they're talking about is uh, the problem that they identified is not just that people were spewing hate speech. It's that when they wanted to spew hate speech against whites in order to talk about combating hate speech, they couldn't do it because the algorithm was so stupid that (laughs) it couldn't distinguish between hate speech against minorities and hate speech against whites talking about hate speech against minorities. And so that, that was, that was the problem they were aiming to fix. So this was a Danielle Citron, a law professor specializing in free speech at Boston University Law School. I every time I read one of these stories, I lose more and more respect for anybody who puts a fucking Ph.D. next to their name from some university is like, okay, this person has gone to academia for 10 years in order to learn to be a fucking moron. Um, Let's see. Said. uh, you can't have the conversation if it's being filtered out by overly blunt hate speech algorithms. 
Because describing experiences of discrimination can involve critiquing white people, Facebook's algorithms auto often automatically remove that content, demonstrating the ways in which even advanced artificial intelligence can be overzealous in tackling nuanced topics. Uh-huh. There is no self-awareness anywhere. Well, they don't want equality anymore, which is the weirdest thing when you're being honest about it, because the concept was for equality. We go back to Martin Luther King Jr. I believe that's what he wanted. Judge men, on uh, the content of their character, not the color of their skin. We've lost that. Yeah. The, that these the side that thinks they're the the liberal warriors have lost that because they're now embracing the. Oh, you poor minority in whichever group it is can't stand up for themselves. So we have to give them extra things. We have to give them special treatment. And the special treatment's exactly what you were fighting for or against originally. You know, it's it's just nuts that we've gone so far. I, I, I didn't bring this to the show uh, a, a few weeks ago when it happened, but um, I, uh, Martin Luther King, you brought up a uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. <laughs> um, who who did he went out and he said specifically he's like we need to not be judging people based on the color of their skin and and i am behind that because we are never going to not be racist as long as we continue judging people by the color of their skin that that's really that's basic logic you don't even have to bring in human nature for that um but uh king county which is the county in washington that seattle is in um, which, by the way, was originally named for Reginald King, who was a person on uh, a, a lieutenant or something on on uh, some explorer's ship, might have been Captain Cook. But it, it was an you know one of the explorers who first found the area, you know, you know after the Native Americans did, but they weren't apparently writing in history books. Um, was named Reginald King, and they named the county after him. And then um, about. 20 years ago or so uh the county said well we need to virtue signal and so they decided to rename their county after uh dr martin luther king instead of reginald get you fuck reginald he's not important in the history books we're now named after martin luther king okay fine you know that is the most disingenuous virtue signaling bullshit i've ever seen but it's seattle so you kind of expect it right and then uh a few weeks ago there so there's a plaque on the steps that have the words from King's speech, the, the, I have a dream. We, you know, don't judge people based on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And there is now a push to have that plaque removed because those words are apparently offensive <laughs> because, because we have to judge people based on the color of their skin now, or otherwise we'll never manage to remove discrimination, I guess. Yeah. That's beyond. All logical understanding. <laughs> it's it, it's pure and utter hypocrisy, and it is delicious irony. And the people who spew bullshit like this don't recognize or acknowledge either one. They don't. They really don't realize how completely hypocritical and backwards they're being. Yeah, and there's yeah. no other way to take it. There is. There's no other way. That I, you know, you try to go, okay, well, let's try to see both sides. Let's try to play devil's advocate. Let's try to understand this. And I just don't because this is exactly what they're allegedly fighting against. It is the upside down world that we're living in in so many ways right now that, I mean, I guess this is just par for the course. 
because this makes absolutely no sense to me and I don't get it and I don't understand. I mean, I mean, the good thing was Facebook was really happy about this whole thing because this there was going to be like 10,000 fewer posts a day that are going to be removed now. So I mean, I, I, that's, I, I, that's, I don't think it's a good thing ever when Facebook is really happy. That's a lot of that's but you figure that's 10,000 posts a day they're saying are going to be allowed to stand that are obviously hate speech against white heterosexual men. But that's OK now because it's OK to hate certain people, so, uh, which is, uh, you know, we've been taught this by the left because they hate Donald Trump. There's no question about it. you can be like, oh, we should never hate anybody, but they sure hate Donald Trump. Let me tell you, I didn't like Barack Obama. I disagreed with a lot of Barack Obama's policies, but never had a personal hatred for the guy. This Donald Trump derangement has really cascaded into so much bad stuff, and we're seeing it at a lot of universities. We're definitely seeing it in social media. And there was one story, too. I mean, we can finish this one up. There was a University of Chicago story we'll be talking about where the school actually stood up for a professor who came out against their diversity hiring efforts, which I was surprised. And uh, really? Yeah. I want to hear about this because this- I, got, I got nothing else on the Facebook one there uh, other than than my prediction is that at some point it's going to uh, a hatred against whites now that they have the technology to judge whether or not something should be removed based on which minority group you're, you're only going to see this ratcheted up. And at some point it's going to be perfectly legal to scream, kill all whiteies and it'll get promoted to the front page post. And if you say anything about whatever group they've decided is disadvantaged, then, you know, you'll, that'll get, this will be an amazing technology that will be completely abused for the purpose of furthering racism in the name of, of leftist retardation. Oh, there's no question. I remember no agenda covering it years ago, maybe two or three years ago, the story. And we may have hit on it here, too, which is, you know, you can only be racist if you're white. I mean, black people cannot be racist against white people because the white people are in control. And I never really understood why you had. I mean, if you're going to hate a certain race, I don't really understand what where the race is in the supposed food chain of being in charge makes a difference i mean it just seems if you're going to hate a race you're going to probably be racist but i so See, you know the, the problem is that you're using the old definition of racism yeah and what you need to do is update your dictionary to use the definition of racism which is is it's much simplified because people are not getting an education these days and complex concepts like discrimination based on the color of your skin is a little bit too much to fit in someone's brain after they've been through the public school system these days. So instead, you just have to simplify racism means white. Well, and, and the, then the problem with the dictionaries is they are literally being updated daily. That is the it's no longer. I mean, I wish for those halcyon days of youth when they would print a dictionary and people would use it for years and those words stayed the same. I think I've given my rant on on the evolution of language before where, where you know people will will completely redefine stuff and use incorrect words with wrong definitions and then say, well, language evolves. Get with it. And and. And yes, language evolves in the same way that people evolve, which is that a a species will evolve over generations where new members will come in with different traits. And eventually the aggregate of all the traits moves. And that's what's called evolution. Individuals do not evolve. And therefore, 
redefining something, you're you're not if if you use a word with a completely different definition with some without creating new people with different traits in the future then you're not evolving Evol- evolution doesn't work on the individual level like that what you're doing is communicating badly obviously we need to rewrite our history michelle obama told us but oh no this uh so- this university of chicago story i mean i want to remind everybody i think we covered the story uh back in september where the university of chicago was only accepting new english phd candidates if they were willing to concentrate on black studies so there's definitely some bad things some crazy things going on at the university of chicago so i mean this is just a slight glimmer of hope the story that we have today which is there was a professor at the university of chicago and he didn't like the fact that they have all of this i mean basically what we've been talking about the woke stuff oh well we need to hire more minorities we need to hire more women we need to hire you know more um you know we have to be ethnically more diverse and all of this kind of stuff uh from this is from breitbart the university of chicago has defended a professor that was recently attacked by students because of course when you come out and say things that are logical you'll be attacked by the new woke students he criticized the university's efforts to hey, promote hey, logic is out. That, that that has no place in modern universities. He criticized get, university's get effort to promote diversity and inclusion. In a statement, the University of Chicago president, Robert J. Zimmer, reaffirmed the university's commitment to free expression. The This came from uh, they called for the termination of this professor's name, Dorian Abbott. He sparked controversy when he criticized the efforts to hire more women and minorities. He posted a series of videos and he argued that faculty members should be hired on the basis of their merit. I mean, how crazy is this guy that he wants people to be hired on the basis of their merit, of their qualifications? I mean, that's this is a hateful thing in today's society. We want to look for qualified people. I, I get the feeling that president is probably going to be drummed out, but I'll tell you what, it, if, if it helps make sense of, of some of these institutions, uh, you know, I, I, I read a story just this morning. I didn't put it in my notes that, that Google had uh, fired a, uh, another doctor um, who, yeah, the AI, one. Her, yeah, her, her entire specialty was uh, bias in AI, not just AI. Her specialty was bias in AI against minorities that like her entire doctorate field. I, I guess you can get a doctorate in that now. Um, and Google had fired this person because I had actually I love the article. Um, I, I don't have details because I didn't write it down because I wasn't going to talk about it. But here I am. Um, hey, you're a podcaster she, now. Everything is content. Write everything down, at least mentally. Yeah, I, I should. Well, okay. So what, what this person did was she, she had authored a ton of papers about bias in AI and how, uh, we, we, you know, Google apparently needs to do the same thing that Facebook was doing, which is, uh, they need to tone down their facial recognition because it's impacting minorities incorrectly. By the way, I'm a little bit jealous of the minorities that facial recognition doesn't work on because that technology is being way overused by authoritarian groups. Yeah. And I'd be a little bit happier if it didn't work on me. But anyway, well, yeah, uh, can't it, we know, sue it, because they're targeting it works white pretty guys well on me because I won't even wear a goddamn diaper on my face. Yeah, we should sue. But maybe we should. But who anyways, um, so this person, it, 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 
the the article that I read hadn't listed what exactly her paper was about, but apparently it had some structural problems. It had some uh, uh, factual problems. It had uh, problems where the reviewers were not given enough time, et cetera. So she had submitted it with their internal review process. And instead of the three weeks that or two weeks or whatever that they wanted, she gave them two days and the reviewers rejected it. And apparently Google has some kind of anonymous review system where you submit to an internal site and people review and you don't know who the reviewers are. You just get the feedback, which sounds pretty equitable to me. Sure. But what she did was she got so pissed that they didn't want to publish her paper that she sent mail to, I don't know who management HR, someone saying, uh, I demand to know who reviewed this and why. And if, you know, as and if you don't tell me, then I don't want to work here anymore. And HR went back with, OK, well, see ya. Yeah, clear out your desk. Have a nice day. <laughs> and and then in the in the article, her, her uh, next interview or her next message was uh, actually, you know, I didn't really mean that I was going to resign. I just thought that that they needed to tell me what you know, what I wanted to know as a condition of my further employment. Like, do you, do you not under, you, you have a doctorate. How do you not understand that that's exactly what you were saying? Well, people like to pretend that they don't yeah. once the well, people like to bullshit. They like to bluster. Yeah. Once they, the ax comes down, all of a sudden yeah, you're this like, is hey. called getting your bluff called. Right. I didn't know this meant you were going to fire me. Oh, yeah, that, can I take no. that back with this back to the university of Chicago professor okay, Dorian yes. Abbott, who actually dared to release some videos saying that people should not be hired for jobs at the university based upon the color of their skin or whether or not they have a penis. He thought they should actually have uh, merit. You know, they should actually have qualifications for the job. Hey, plenty of women have penises. Are you discriminating against them now? No, no, that would just be another checkbox you can put on there. But there was a letter that was published from some concerned students and faculty that read, quote, the contents of Professor Dorian Abbott's videos threaten the safety and belonging of all underrepresented groups within the department and serve to undermine e- equity, diversity and inclusion initiatives. So uh, all, I, all I'm hearing is bullshit, 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 but it works. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? That's it. They uh, it, now saying that people should be hired not based on the color of their skin or what sexual organs they have, but again, on their qualifications, threatens the safety and belonging of all underrepresented groups. I mean, this to me just admits from these concerned students and other faculty at the University of Chicago that the people in these groups don't have the same qualifications or merit because otherwise they wouldn't be worried about this. So you're basically admitting that we're not as good. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what you're doing when, when you don't when you don't hire or promote based on merit. That's exactly what you're saying is that we're willing to settle for for substandard secondhand people. Um, you you mentioned the word safety at one point and and just uh, just to put things in context, remember that these are the people who believe that having hear hearing opinions that do not fall in line with their personal ideology threatens their safety. So when somebody says my safety is being threatened, uh, you got to take that with a keg of salt. Well, of course, but I just love watching this. I mean, it's sad, but this goes back to 
10 years ago, me saying this whole bullying thing and this whole everybody gets a trophy thing is leading to this. I really wish I was inclined to go through the hundreds of hours of uh, audio I have of the old podcast I used to do and pull this out because I predicted this is where it was going when it was just bullying and everybody gets a trophy that this is the world we were asking for. And we're here now. It's so great to see the world. Yeah. Aren't, aren't you a goddamn prophet? I think so. Stop predicting such doom shit. Yeah. Well, it's the whole predict you know, something nice for once. Not everybody gets to screw Adriana Lima. That's the problem with everybody gets a trophy because the real world doesn't work that way. I think we I mentioned the uh, quote the other day from the from the person, whoever it was, that was like, well, straight men need to get over not wanting to, you know, screw transgender women. And it's like, um, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, you can. You, you, if you whine and cry enough, you, you, what, what, what this year and the last 10 years is proving is that if you whine and cry and repeat the lies enough, you might be able to change society, but good fucking luck trying to change biology that way. Yeah. Oh, that's it. You know, and that's any reasonable person. The first response they would have is, well, people are attracted to whoever they're attracted to. And that's just the way yeah. it is. Which, by the way, is also the argument that pedos use. But go on. Well, yeah, but you still can't force anybody into something. You know, it's again, this would be the same thing that the, you know, the really crazy religious people used to do with the or maybe are still doing, you know, with the gay conversion therapy. It's like, I'm not for that either. I mean, I'm (laughs) trying to force people into something that they are adamantly against to. It's like, I don't understand it. But that's what, you know, again, these are the people who if you were one of these religious people saying we're going to send gay little Jimmy to camp to beat the gay out of him, that would be horrible. But now they're saying, well, you're not attracted to this trans person. Well, we're going to make you attracted. It's the same thing, just like with all of this stuff. It's like you're you're promoting more of it to fix it and they don't get it. And it's nuts. I don't hmm. conversion therapy. I, I there was I, this was another article that I, I picked up a couple weeks ago and went ah we don't need to talk about it but uh i just have to mention there was a a push i now i don't even remember which state it was to ban conversion therapy because it is transphobic or or gay phobic or whatever 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 the term is uh microaggression whatever but there was a push to ban conversion therapy and uh there there was uh, a lot of pushback against it because you know what conversion therapy is it, it's it therapy, which means it's talking to people, which means you're trying to ban certain types of conversation. Free and speech. At, yeah, as as much as as a lot of these new leftist authoritarians uh, would like for it to not be there, we we still have uh, one of the constitutional amendments, which suggests that we're supposed to be able to speak freely in this country. So. Um, passing laws that ban certain types of speech is still a little bit of a no-no. Yeah, but uh, no. See, the less free speech we have, the more free speech we can have. That's the, that's the uh, that's the garbage being thrown up by the left. And I mean, I've talked about this girl before, and it wasn't really even all that exciting. But when it was Stephen Crowder doing one of his Change My Mind videos, and the girl came up and she said she was from Germany, and he's like, "Well, you don't even have freedom of speech there." And she's like, "Well, of course we do." And he's like, well, can you say uh, this? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. And it's like, well, then you don't have the free. Yeah. And they don't get it. 
And that's the sad well, part because she didn't get it either. She's like, oh, no, we have full free speech in Germany. He's like, well, can you say you love Hitler? Well, no. Well, then even even the concept, the, the phrase full free speech is that that's not how freedom of speech works. Freedom of speech is a Boolean. Either you have it or you don't. And if there is anything that you can't say because the state will come down on you and send people with guns to arrest you and take away your freedoms because you said something, then you don't have freedom of speech. And this is happening big time in places now like the UK, Scotland. I mean, so this is, you know, areas of the world where we kind of said, well, we're similar in what we're doing in here in the United States as they are over in the UK and, you know, the British Isles. And it's like the stuff's getting nuts. The stuff freedom of speech as a concept does not just mean, oh, yeah, you can say anything you want as long as it's in the small category of allowed speech. That's not freedom. The freedom of speech is not controversial. It's not hard to enforce when everybody is saying everything that everyone else agrees with. Freedom of speech is important when you are saying things that people that people don't agree with. Yes, that, that is the only time that it matters to to protect freedom of speech well and it's interesting because they're so afraid that obviously people are going to buy into what these other people are saying because it's so great and you also know your message sucks when you have to silence everybody else from uh from talking i mean we could be the most popular podcast on the internet if we can only shut up no agenda and joe rogan who i mean isn't really a podcast anymore if we well, could just joe rogan no joe rogan took care of himself <laughs> yes uh, he, his his podcast is no longer available freely on the internet yes and well you know it depends if you're into the piracy uh, aspect of it yes but let's talk about joe after i just read here what the president of the university of chicago said because he backed the professor and says, quote, as articulated in the Chicago principles, the University of Chicago is deeply committed to the values of academic freedom and the free expression of ideas. And these values have been consistent throughout our history. We believe universities have an important role as places where novel and even controversially ideas can be proposed, tested and debated. For this reason, the university does not limit the comments of faculty members, mandate apologies or impose other disciplinary consequences for such comments so i will applaud that, him for that i i don't know that the comment just it's taken out of time he he needs to get with the program that comment is way too 1967 yeah this is uh this is this is the ever-changing world but the average person that just that doesn't see this and we know how it's all being presented because this is where the bullying thing came in which was well of course we have freedom of speech oh well wait you're bullying a child Oh, well, no, that should be illegal. I mean, I remember the stories of like, oh, some 12 year old girl killed herself and it was tragic. I agree. But they're like, oh, some other people, they bullied her on Facebook and they were looking to hold them responsible for that. We talked about the story of the uh, the teenage girlfriend of the guy that killed himself and did, did jail time for it because she was texting back after 30 days of like, no, dude get help don't do it i don't don't do it don't do it finally snapped and just said okay sh kill yourself and then he did and they held her responsible it's nuts you can't be held responsible what's for what somebody else does 
I that and that's why when you find that you're in a relate the moment you realize you're in a relationship with a toxic individual, it's not worth continuing. The, I understand a lot of people think they can help anymore, but uh, it's if if it's not in person, if you know, even texts, if it especially online, it it's just I you know I. I <laughs> I, I had a, a comment yesterday, somebody saying, uh, you know, I, I was going to ask for Sir Pemrose to reply to this, but I know he's he's really quiet on No Agenda Social. I'm like, well, I, maybe I am quiet because I don't get into long, protracted conversations. It, it's not worth the emotional investment to engage with trolls because there's <laughs> always more trolls and you're never going to be able to can you, you can try to have a rational conversation for as long as it lasts. But the moment that somebody lashes out emotionally in uh, you're like, OK, I I guess the conversation's done and it's not even worth replying anymore. And, and that was, you know, that was kind of the lesson that I was pushing for when I watched my inbox blow up a, a couple months back because you were going back and <laughs> forth and back and forth over and over. Like you, I don't know what it is. You, you end up going dog with a bone on some of these threads. And I'm just like, can you possibly take my fucking name off? of it? I don't care if, if you take up all the hard drive space on the server, with your back and forth for 20 fucking hours, but stop spamming me. Oh, but you enjoy it. It's not worth, it's not worth feeding trolls online. I learned that a long time ago. Well, if you're going to feed the trolls, you have to force feed them until they vomit. So it is, it's not easy to do. It's a technique that's not recommended for the, it's also just as damn. It's like wrestling a pig in a manure puddle. (laughs) You, the pig loves it, and now you smell like shit. Yeah, but if you catch him, mmm, tasty bacon. <laughs> I'm just saying, tasty, tasty, tasty bacon. Yeah, but sometimes you have to uh, you have to feed the trolls. And I will mention, uh, speaking of trolls, our buddy D. Metis, who does the uh, Fun Facts Friday podcast with his daughter Lila, that also runs the No Agenda Stream, where we do this show live every Monday and Friday at noon Eastern Time, NoAgendaStream.com. He uh, sent me a message on Twitter because he was one of our uh, Patreon people. And uh, he sent me a message and said, I canceled my Patreon subscription. I hate Sir Bemrose. And uh, that, that sunk in. And I was like, you know, he, he may have a point. And well, then, he, then he followed that with, you know, just kidding. I moved it to my bank account. So Patreon wouldn't take any of the percentage. Oh, I was going <laughs> to I, I, I was I'm sorry. I, I, I was. I, I I got distracted a moment going over to to the the server over here to see if I could take his podcast out, but I guess I'll leave it for now. <laughs> I mean, like that was just the ultimate troll, and I'm like, wait, no, the first the first thing you uh-huh. said was much more believable. <laughs> let's let's yeah, stick with I, that. I, I don't know. I, I you know, when somebody says they hate Sir Bemrose, I'm like, yeah, it, it happens. I mean, I I have that effect on people. I get it. Yeah, they just don't understand your sense of humor. I think so. I I have uh, another story of abject hypocrisy, if you'd like, or, or where do you want to go next? I've got so many stories. Well, let's hit the Rogan thing for a minute, because okay. this is didn't we basically predict this as well, which was the minute which happened on December 1st, the minute Joe Rogan's show went, we're no longer on YouTube, we're no longer on any of the free, you know, we don't have an RSS feed. You have to have a Spotify account. I believe you can still just have a free Spotify account, although I see that changing in the near future in order to access Joe's stuff. I mean, who didn't see this coming that the minute the stuff was released, it's on the pirate sites. Yeah, well, the the moment like the very whatever the very first show was that was no longer on YouTube behind a paywall. 
um, I, I literally saw three different people post the full video to no agenda social mirrored on various other non YouTube sites. Yeah. Like bit shoot and those kind of places. Yeah. I, I, I it, it's the internet. It's out there. You can't paywall it, but the very fact that he does want to paywall it kind of removes Rogan from, from my awareness anyway. It, it's like he, he's just decided that he doesn't want that part of the audience. And, and yeah, I know I'm, I'm weird. I'm I, you know, one of those Luddite curmudgeons who could just because I don't want to sign up for a free account. But another thing that I learned a really, really long time ago is that it gets really confusing and, and a, a whole lot of mental effort to create an account with every fucking site and their all the like you go find a download site that's like you can't download a file unless you have an account well okay then um bugmenot.com that's my account i don't know if you're familiar with that one yes yeah i did check it out if you if you it's where people post random accounts that work everywhere because you know what what do i get out of having an account and then oh and then you know, insert rant on having to have a password with with 75 different symbols. And but anyway, I don't want a Spotify account because I don't want a relationship with Spotify. And there are a number of things that come along with that relationship that go way beyond the fact that Spotify is not going to ask for money for the account. Yeah, because they're selling your information. You are the product to them. And it relates to advertising. It relates to spam. And I mean, the most interesting thing to me, and this makes sense because words do still mean things. I mean, I know the left is constantly changing what they do mean, but the podfather, Adam Curry, who's a friend of Joe Rogan's, said on No Agenda the other day that he no longer considers Joe a podcaster. And I think that is a pretty big statement, but it makes sense because a podcast is something that has an RSS feed that anybody can download into any of these podcasting apps. The minute you are only on one of these paywalled or paywalled in the form of you having to have an account, even one of these services, it's no longer free. So it is no longer a podcast and people can't just pass it around and do all the stuff that they normally would with podcasts. And I do and, think and that's correct it. me if I'm wrong. If, if I, have an account with Spotify. Do I have the ability to download an episode and watch it offline in VLC? I don't think so. I do I, not. I don't think, think so. so either. I think the only way to watch it is in an app, which is another. Well, it's another huge cost to having an account, but it's another reason why it's not a podcast. Well, and because they're going to keep throwing ads as long as they need to keep paying Joe his millions of dollars. They got to throw the ads in. And if the ad revenue dries up, which it did pretty quickly for the Michelle Obama podcast, also on Spotify, I think they're going to realize that maybe they've made a mistake because people have no problem getting around ads when the podcast is audio, which I mean, I think I guess it would be interesting. I don't know the stats. I would guess that a majority of people still want to consume Joe Rogan in the audio form just because it's such a long show and there's really the video doesn't add anything to it unless you're just sitting vegging on the couch. Maybe that's fine, but it's not uh, like or, or unless Adam Curry is the guest and you want to count his ticks. Well, did he just oh, look so good on that episode? But most people, I think, want it in audio format and it's very easy to get that audio to capture it in one way or another, because no matter what they do, 
with the DRM, the pirates have always been able to break the encryption. And as we're, I don't think we're going to ever hit a point with audio or video where piracy is not going to exist due to the technology behind it. So Spotify relying on the technology to keep this content from being pirated. Absolutely nuts. Spotify needs all of those ads to be run. So if you know a half of Rogan's audience doesn't actually go to Spotify and they just decide I'm going to get it on where whatever site that somebody's reposting it, Spotify's really in a lot of trouble because the only way they can pay for Rogan is to be able to serve the ads. And the only way to serve the ads is if people actually go to Spotify. And if that doesn't happen, it's going to be interesting. I, I I applaud every single place where an ad supported business model starts to crumble because it finally brings true the prediction I made in the late nineties that I still stand by, despite the fact that it's taking a lot longer than expected, that the ad economy is not long-term sustainable. Hey, and if it's taking a lot longer than expected to get your full member at attention, let me talk to you about and, Nick, the rat boner pills. Uh, well, I, yeah, how about no? Um, in the troll room at noagendastream.com, uh, I, I want to, I, I'm just reading comments while you're talking and, uh, old Norm points out, he says, I want to consume Joe Rogan, uh, to which I say that's creepy as fuck. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little weirded out. And I mean, it he, is, you know, Texas, you could probably barbecue yeah, them and that the, the body wants what the body wants, but I don't want to be involved. I didn't know if this was one of those, uh, what was the guy that was the, uh, the cannibal, uh, can't remember his name, the really creepy looking dude from Wisconsin, right? Uh, no, uh, I thought you were talking about Fletcher, but he's not from Wisconsin. <laughs> no, no. Jeffrey Dahmer. Is this like a Dahmer oh. thing? He wants to really consume Joe Rogan. I mean, we don't right. ask our experts (laughs) we don't want to know the answer when 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 all the governors were were trying to cancel thanksgiving uh one one of the great memes that i saw come across was was a picture of jeffrey dahmer says i will have anybody for thanksgiving that i want (laughs) yeah but you got to be careful if they have covid you have to cook them extra special long i i don't think that's going to be a problem no well that's good i mean there is the covid's not really a pandemic it so i think you're pretty safe so, you know who Bruce Schneier is? I do not. Schneier, Schneider, Schneier. Schneier. No. Um, he is uh, amongst computer security circles. He's kind of considered a folk hero. Uh, he has a very outspoken blog where he talks a lot about uh, computer technology issues and generally seems to know what he's talking about with regards to technology issues. He's generally considered one of the most foremost experts in, in the computer technology space. And he's definitely willing to say it. Um, the places where he, you know, where he really comes to uh, my attention is whenever he starts talking about uh, some, some authoritarian government wanting to put back doors into things. And he is absolutely one of the people who stands up in front and screams, that's not possible and points out the math behind it. And he pretty clearly knows what the hell he's talking about in that realm. Unfortunately, uh, he chose not to stay in his lane and uh, he swerved pretty far outside into politics. And, um, and, and that's where the hypocrisy started. Uh, Apparently, and this is something I didn't know because I don't follow his blog. I just get linked it sometimes. And whenever it get, I get linked to a technical article about cryptography or something, he generally seems to know what he was, what he's talking about. So I generally had an opinion of this guy that he, he had his head on straight, except that 
after this, I went and started looking back through and the guy has had crazy severe TDS for quite a while. So, uh, the article that popped up and, and brought all of this to my radar and, and the reason why, despite the fact that I will sing his praises when it comes to computer security and cryptography, that this guy, I'm, I've got to just shit on him for a while is he created a, an article called undermining democracy, um, which by the way, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to give you, uh, three things about this before I read any quotes from the article. Um, and, and these are just going to set expectations for what this article is. First of all, the article was originally published in the New York times. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not uh, the Washington the, post, but it's up there. Um, I, 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 I don't think this is what it was meant, but in the tags at the bottom of the story, because it's, it's a WordPress site, um, the tags attached to the story. One of them was disinformation. Now, I'm pretty sure he means that he's talking about disinformation or trying to debunk disinformation, is, but disinformation yeah. was the tag. And I, I I feel like that's very accurate. Oh, can we just um, tag our own stuff as disinformation and that way it'll avoid all of the uh, AI? I, if you want to open it up to user generated tags, I'm sure that's the least of what we'll get. <laughs> um, and then the third thing about it was I went through the comments and I went through probably the first 20 and every single one of them was from your standard Reddit style leftist who completely 100% agrees. And I don't believe that they're the only people who read the site, which means that uh, the site is very clearly censoring and moderating comments. And, uh, you know, I, I can't respect blogs that that decide to censor and moderate free speech. so. Um, that was a huge strike against them. Uh, but, um, the article starts out with, uh, rehashing the things like, uh, we know that the, you know, that, uh, our democracy was damaged by the Russian disinformation campaign from 2016. So the guy, whatever else he might know about how computers work still seems to think that the reason why Trump won in 2016 was because the Russians were spreading disinformation. I thought that that had been pretty well settled, but what do I know? Um, well, yeah. Again, if you look at facts and logic, but I mean, the left doesn't. So he, he talks about, uh, you know, he, he tries to, um, to tie this to computer security saying every computer security person knows that external attacks are difficult to do uh, like the Russian disinformation campaign of 2016, but much easier and much more dangerous is an insider attack. Um, and uh, he is effectively the gist of this is he is claiming that Trump's lawsuits are an insider attack on the confidence in our democracy. And because Trump is challenging the, this with these lawsuits, he is undermining confidence in democracy. And and by the way, and, and I know that this is going to go to to your w- one of your peeves, but he is constantly talking about how our democracy is in danger and democracy. And it, 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 I, I'm going to let you go ahead and say it because I know you want to. Well, yeah, we don't have a democracy. We have a democratic republic. You moron. Thank you. Um, so. <laughs> One of his quotes, when people's faith in the democratic system is undermined, democracy stops working. Um, and like I said, he he believes that Trump's lawsuits are what's causing a the faith in the democratic system to be undermined. But um, why? Because see, now, let's just look at the logic of that for a minute. If you believe that, then you don't believe the legal system is equitable and above board, because the only way 
that bringing a legal challenge to something would damage the democracy is if the legal system was corrupt. Yes, or or if you were predisposed to assume that only one side should win, but right, but I might right. be getting ahead of myself. Um, let's see. He says democracy works when we all expect that votes will be fairly counted and defeated candidates leave office. You know, I agree with that. Um, yeah. But but he seems to think that what that means is that Trump should because the very next line, the fundamental problem is Republican insiders who have convinced themselves that to keep and hold power, they need to trash the shared beliefs that hold American democracy together. Okay, you take the word Republican out and put politician in, and that's absolutely true. But just like right there, the bias saying that the problem, anybody, anybody who says that, oh, well, the problem is Republicans or the problem is anybody who says the problem is only one side. You are so biased. You can't even see it. And your opinion is automatically crap because it's. The very idea that, oh, all politicians on one side of the aisle are corrupt and evil and all politicians on the other side you give a pass to. No, you are part of the problem. You are part of the divisiveness in this country. Uh, He says the fundamental problem is, uh, no, he says, uh, we know how to make voting itself more open and secure. The more difficult problem is this. How do you shift the collective belief among Republicans that elections are rigged? So. Yeah, the the problem, the fundamental problem is that Republicans believe elections are rigged. And he does. He says that it's a difficult problem to convince the Republicans that they're not. Well, I have a potential solution. How about maybe if you want to convince Republicans that the elections are rigged, you don't rig the elections. (laughs) Do you think that would help? Well, he's he's such in the uh, Trump deranged category that he probably believes this election was fair I, and there was absolutely he, he, nothing wrong with it. He does. And and I say that because I went back to earlier in November and poked around because one of the things that really, really uh, hit me about this particular article was he is ragging on those horrible Republicans. And how come they don't believe that everything is fine? And how come they're trying to destroy democracy? That was the whole theme of it. Why are the Republicans trying to destroy democracy by casting doubt on this election? And there was not one comment or word about all of the allegations all of the all of the reasons that republicans that that anybody who's paying attention should think there was doubt about the election which is the mountains and mountains of evidence that the election was rigged right uh so i went back and uh he had uh two other articles one was very shortly after uh where he the title of the article was 2020 was a secure election And another one that was about a week and a half later said more on the security of the 2020 election. So uh, in those, uh, one of the things he points out and he only he he references back to a letter. This letter was an open letter signed by 59 people with mostly university credentials. That was, you know, such and such professor from such and such university. Most of them. Um, It was a one page letter that uh, I'll I'll. spare you most of it because it was boilerplate uh an appeal to authority saying we're 59 people who tell you this and therefore you should believe us but the substance of the letter was in one paragraph i will read 
We are aware of the alarming assertions being made that the 2020 election was rigged by exploiting technical vulnerabilities. However, in every case of which we are aware, these claims either have been unsubstantiated or are technically incoherent. To our collective knowledge, no credible evidence has been put forth that supports a conclusion that the 2020 election outcome in any state has been altered through technical compromise. So 59 people, most of whom have PhD by their name, to their collective knowledge, they have their head in the fucking sand. Here is the evidence.org or dot com. That go to that site. That that site is currently has twelve hundred and growing examples posted of straight up election fraud in various places about the 2020 election. Here is the evidence.com. Go look at that right there. That is 1,200 cases that these 59 people, did, I guarantee, did not even look at. And Bruce Schneier signing on to this letter is saying, I am ignoring actual evidence and just putting my name out as a partisan hack shill saying, I want Joe Biden so much and I hate Trump so much that I don't care about fraud. And I think that people need to shut up about fraud and just deal with all of the irregularities because I say so and because I'm a Authority and you should just listen to authorities and not use your brain. Fuck you, Bruce Schneier. He should really be in the media. He, he kind of is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does seem like exactly the same, the same party line that's going down. And there's been the when people that are into the mathematics of everything and these computer guys, I don't know how you don't look at places, you know, that we mentioned what was it, Wisconsin, where the average year has 3% of the mail-in ballots rejected due to various things. And this year it was like 0.02%. And you're like, no, don't see a problem with that. Or you see that the Biden votes were coming up. You know, once they realized how far behind he was, all of a sudden the percentage of votes being counted for him went up just to the amount just to push him over the edge. There is a lot of evidence that i've seen and i mean oh, granted a lot needs to be verified but it seems like there's a lot of mathematical evidence that would keep at least some pretty big doubts in most reasonable people's mind and like i said go like go out to here is the evidence.com and you will find 1200 individual examples of of various types of election or voter fraud across the country and I'm not saying I, I will never say that every single one of those is substantiated. And I will not say that every single one of those was, uh, you know, every single election has some fraud here or there. Somebody, somebody fat fingers a vote, whether intentionally or accidentally, uh, you know, people will uh, get a, an absentee ballot for their dead mom and send it in. It, it, it's human nature. There will always be corruption. The important thing is to keep it to a minimum and the question is, was this enough? And I think there's plenty of evidence that there was. But even if I, I, I will never argue that the results of the 2020 election conclusively prove that Trump won because the numbers aren't there. The evidence isn't there. I mean, the 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 election workers in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Arizona have been working their asses off since the election to destroy as much evidence as possible. The evidence is not there. We're never going to be able to prove that Trump won, but there is absolutely sufficient evidence to prove that Biden did not win legitimately. 
anybody who claims that Biden won legitimately is intentionally ignoring mountains and mountains of evidence. Most of it's circumstantial, but uh, you know, believe it or not, not all. Um, actually, I got a couple pieces of uh, of not circumstantial evidence that, um, you know, w- one is apparently just this morning an article came in that uh, the uh, Trump team or someone got their hands on a Dominion machine and uh, from a particular county, um, they picked the thing apart and they proved and this is not circumstantial. The vast majority of evidence is circumstantial. This is not circumstantial. They proved that this machine was used to move 37 vote, 37 people who intended to vote for Donald Trump and it counted them for Joe Biden. Now, 37 people is not enough to sway any state at all, but it proves that these machines are capable of it. Yes. And what that means is you cannot trust any county, any election district anywhere that use these machines because they could have also you do not have a fair election again doesn't prove trump won but it sure as fuck proves that biden didn't well yeah and they're saying trump's nuts because he's saying such crazy stuff like the only way to have a fair election is straight paper ballots and he's right it's exactly what we've talked about here we love technology here on grumpy old ben's that's what we live and breathe for but we understand the technology enough to know that I'm never going to go on record being like, well, there's no way this technology can be corrupted to do what, you know, the vote moving, changing, whatever you want to call it. It's way too easy to do so in the technological space because you just flip a switch. And it's not things- technology that I distrust. I, I'll trust a technology that I can understand. And, and sometimes sometimes I'll trust a person who understands it. If the technology is complicated enough, I don't want to take the time, but I have to have the ability, which is why open source is so important, but it's not technology that I distrust out of hand. It's people. Well, right. And there are people with agendas using technology in ways that further their agenda, usually to my, to my disadvantage. Did you see the woman, the video, the blonde woman that was before one of these committees? And there, I know this is going on in like Arizona and uh, Michigan, I think. So there's a few different ones of these going on. But the whoever was questioning her and Rudy was sitting next to her and she was one of these people that has signed the affidavit saying that she saw she believes like I think it was like 30,000 votes being counted multiple times or something like that. And whichever politician was questioning her he's like well i i don't know how that could be so you know the difference we have here is not thirty thousand <laughs> votes and she said to him she's like i signed a thing that said i could go to jail if i'm lying did you and he just yeah like there you go like <laughs> and, amen and the people on this committee okay first of all they're politicians and i think that even if your head is so far up your ass that you believe that biden is still competent to run the country You have to admit that in general, by default, politicians lie. It's what they do. It's how they get elected. If they don't lie, they don't get elected. And these people are standing up here saying, trust what I say more than somebody who was on the ground, who was there and signed an affidavit saying that if you can somehow find out I was lying, it will throw me in jail. Right. And and I'm supposed to believe the politician idiot who is on the other end of the microphone who's saying, well, I think you're lying. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. My favorite was uh, the the quote, and uh, when 
one some upstart uppity dumbass politician in i don't remember what state georgia i think um said to giuliani well the only reason you're doing this is you're trying to get a pardon from trump aren't you and giuliani just fucking ate him said uh first of all you know mr chairman i think that this person should be disciplined because that is is libelous and it's actionable and your entire committee could be censured for it and secondly you know it, it, uh, I, I I wouldn't do it justice if I tried to quote the whole thing. No, I heard it. And it was beautiful. And the thing is, I mean, Rudy comes off to be being a little bit uh, crazy at times, but he's a very smart guy. He's, he's a asshole. lawyer. He, right. He, he is a smart guy. He's a Even lawyer. Even beyond being a lawyer, Rudy Giuliani is an asshole. Yeah. But you know what? That might be exactly what these politicians need in their face right now. Well, yeah, because they can't be allowed to just continue going along like, nope, didn't thought we didn't see anything. Nope. And I mean, I get both sides of this argument trying to step back from it which is what does it do to the country and it's a very interesting well bruce schneier says that it's going to destroy democracy if we keep doubting that this election was true yeah sure i don't believe that um but i don't know really which is better for the country the oh well you know we need to let this just go as is because we don't want to admit that the great United States had a totally fraudulent election. And of course, then there's people that will also go down that rabbit hole, which is, well, if we allow this one, then the Republicans will never win again because the Democrats are in control. And I don't well, really buy true. Yeah, I don't buy what, that. 100%. If, if we allow this one, what happens is that the next one, the Republicans will also cheat yes. and we will have lost every chance and, and the result will be that nobody cares about an honest election anymore. And we will have lost our democracy. If if this election stands as is, it is the end of honest elections in the United States. That Because if if the Democrats get away with this, then next time the Republicans will also cheat. And it will just be a matter not of who's honest. Honesty is out. Honesty loses you elections. It'll be a matter of who is willing to cheat the most egregiously. Well, and how many votes will come in? I mean, what we have, what, like 300 million people in the country. I don't know how many are of voting age, but you'll get like you know a billion votes and they'll be like, no, no, that's fine. We got a billion. Yeah. We got a billion well, votes. Uh, cool. Um, you're, you're familiar with judicial watch, aren't you? Yeah. 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 They, they, uh, Apparently, they um, they they recently filed a a, a lawsuit um, against the state of Colorado. Um, they had done an audit in 2019 of uh, counties all across the country, and what they were looking for was inaccuracies in voter rolls. And I just want to mention the voter rolls again. This is uh, th- this audit determined, among other things, that uh, 378 counties nationwide. Uh, out of about 3000, so about 10% of all the counties nationwide had more registered voters on the rolls than they had voting age population. And in fact, uh, the registrations over 100% of the population accounted for about 2.5 million votes. Um, Colorado in particular was one place where they, they pulled a lawsuit because of the 64 counties in Colorado, 40 of them, 40 had registrations exceeding 100% of voting age population. Eight of those counties had over 20% of their registered voters were inactive, 
they had moved, they had died. They, you know, there, there was somebody who was on the roll who had registered somewhere else in another state, maybe another County people who were on a roll who had died and had death certificates. This, this is the audit that did. Um, Turns out judicial watch also sued Pennsylvania and North Carolina for the same thing earlier this year. Um, they, they also, by the way, filed a lawsuit in September against Illinois, not for uh, having counties that that were over their voter rolls, but rather because in violation of federal law, the Illinois the state refused to disclose their voter roll counts or data. Right. Wow. So this is so, so Illinois, at least they realized they were so corrupt and inaccurate. They didn't even want to say it. Um, so why is this important? Why is it important that people have voter rolls accurate? And you know, it's also, by the way, the uh, National Voter Registration Act of 1993 requires that every single election that every state do a full audit of their voter rolls, every county, every precinct do an audit of their voter rolls and clean them up and remove people who have been moved out of the area or died. Uh, and the, the federal law voter registration act of 93 requires they do this within two years between every congressional election. Um, and obviously all of these counties have just not bothered because it's not being enforced. Well, so why is it important? Well, it's important because you're seeing like what's going on here in Georgia now, which I mean, the video of that is absolutely fantastic, which appears to show. And I again, I don't understand. Did they not know that there were uh, video cameras, that there were surveillance cameras, that people (laughs) would have access to these? I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff, you know, where you're like the dumbest criminals of the week, because if this is accurate what we're seeing in the video and like anything else with this election you know or this world with deep fakes now you need to get verification but if this is true i think there's some people in georgia going to jail because i I think that there are 59 phds who have have apparently not seen this video yeah where they clear out all of the counters they clear out the media they clear out the poll watchers on the night of the election in georgia and then like four or five people, I think, stay behind and pull out cases of new ballots and start putting them through the machine. Like- uh, n- another another fun characteristic of that National Voter Act of 1993, um, it made it it, it it codified that it is illegal, according to federal law, to count or even handle any ballots while observers are not in the room. Yeah, well, there we go. So well, that well, well, observers are not allowed in the room. If nobody wants to observe that, I, I think it's fine. But yeah, well, this yeah. shows that this so was kicking definitely the, kick, illegal. Kick, kicking observers out of the room was a huge, huge violation of federal law because the moment that you pick up and put down an envelope while the observers are not allowed to be in the room, you have violated federal election law and your precinct needs to be thrown out because that's that's an that is an election that is against the rules. Anyways, the well, whole yeah, reason but- for bringing up the voter rolls and, the, you know, because because, hey, you know, no, not most elections, not everybody votes. And so, do, you know, why is it such a bad thing to have registered voters even in excess of the number of people eligible or of voting age population in the county? Because Normally they don't vote. So why is this important? Because those 
voter rolls, those highly, highly inaccurate voter rolls with way over up to 122% of the voting age population in a county on the voter rolls. That is how they chose who to send absentee ballots to this year. And that's a lot of ballots. And they're, well, they're not, this is the other problem with Georgia as well. And this is, this just shows you how dysfunctional this whole system is because the governor, uh, Governor Kemp of Georgia, was on one of the Fox shows and they were talking about this. And he's like, well, yeah, obviously we're watching this video and we have to believe that there was most likely some kind of problem. So what we need to do is, get a signature audit of every ballot and would you believe the governor cannot call for this it has to be the secretary of state which is also a republican in georgia but as of yet has not, not called convinced. for the signature audit I, i'm not convinced they're republicans if that's what you want I, yeah i'm just saying that was the party they were elected under but yes uh-huh. <laughs> and it shouldn't be across any party lines the fact that none of these states i don't believe Looking again at the stats of how many ballots were rejected, this is like the magical year where all the ballots were perfect because almost none were rejected and they all seem to have votes for Joe Biden in them. And now when we see something really wrong in Georgia, the secretary of state's like, oh, what I'm, you want me to what? Yeah, it's it's really hard to see evidence of something that that your overlords don't want you to see. And it so happens when, in such small, when, you know, it happens a small area by small area. And they're not really connected, but maybe with these machines, they I, may be. I, 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 what, what this is proving to me is, is something I always knew, which is that election fraud goes on all over the place. Certainly not everywhere. There's certainly a lot of, I mean, I, I, you know, in, in, in deference to people like DC girl, I honestly believe the vast majority of election workers are perfectly honest people, but there are enough out there that are able to say, okay, everybody out of the room, I've got to go, you know, have some, some me time with this box of ballots. <laughs> there, there are enough of those to fuck up an election pretty badly. But the thing that comes as an even bigger surprise is the number of high level elected state officials who are obviously complicit in wanting they they have a vested interest in making sure that fraudulent results stand and I guess I should expect that from anybody who was elected as a Democrat, because uh, we, we've already seen evidence of that the very concept of any means necessary, the ends justify the means. It doesn't matter what you accomplish as long as we get rid of the orange man. But seeing rhinos do the same thing is really quite disheartening. Yeah. Or there's a lot of money, I'm guessing, going around. Oh, no doubt that it, all you have to do is get the right people to look the other way. And I mean, I was surprised that Bill O'Reilly was talking about the fact that he believes the Republicans should put a law on the floor. And of course, we get to see who will or will not vote for it, because this would be nothing more than, um, you know, pissing in the wind, really, because the Democrats do still rule the House. Although that's the other big question from this year, which is if this was a Joe Biden landslide. How do the Republicans pick up like I think it's like 15 House seats or so, maybe more at this point? It seems well, that's a little because the the vast majority of absentee voters, for some reason, uh -huh. did not care 
about whether or not any Democrats went to Congress. They only cared about getting an infirm dementia patient into the White House. So that's the only voting circle that they filled out. Yeah, it doesn't. Obviously, it doesn't make any sense. But he said that the Republicans should still throw a law out there and then you can you know, kind of shame the people if they won't go for it. But according to him, I mean, right now, there is no set of standards because we are a republic. We're not a democracy. We are a republic. Every state is on their own. You know, this is a this is the original Fediverse, right? And every state gets to decide their own election rules, which is why things are vastly different going back to the, you know, Gore thing back with Bush where there was hanging chads, but other states weren't using the hanging chad things. The his concept was they need to try to do something to get some kind of an election standard because he said California could change their state law to allow 12 year olds to vote. And it's like, really, is this true? We could. Uh, this is a state yes. by state thing. Oh, wow. Well, and, and let me tell you what the, the check for that is, because it might actually come into play. Yeah. And that is uh, when you have um, people like uh, 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 Tom Wolf, the governor of Pennsylvania, who recently went out and despite everything going on with the obvious evidence of fraud and active lawsuits of fraud in Philadelphia, uh, Tom Wolf, I, I think Tom Wolf is the name of the governor of Pennsylvania. If it's not, then insert the right name and I don't care. Stop back checking me. But um, he certified the election anyway. He said, yes, uh, on on my word as a politician, for what that's worth, uh, I assure you that this election was fair and balanced. No, that's Fox News. Uh, <laughs> right. Was used to be was secure, was safe, was accurate, and uh, um, that is a straight up outright lie. But obviously, he has political motivation to propagate that lie. Um, but the thing is, the lawsuits are not stopping. He can't just make the lawsuits all go away. And I absolutely believe that it is the right of the state. It is the, the the place of the state. Now, it should be the place of the state legislature, but apparently the legislature in Pennsylvania are fucking pussies. Well, yeah, because wasn't decided- it Pennsylvania also that everybody was like, we never voted to get these Dominion machines. The yeah. governor just decided to buy yeah, them. The, the governor. And again, uh, in violation of the Constitution, the governor went out and made a bunch of decisions about how it was going to happen. The legislature wasn't involved. And yeah, OK, that's a problem. Um, well. Uh, because of that and because these you know the state legislature didn't step in and the governor is now saying yes this is you know i am throwing all of our electors to biden and choosing the electors absolutely should be the role of the state which means that ultimately if the people in charge of the state say all the electors went to biden and they just want to sweep under the rug all of these irregularities then um the the campaign the, the trump's campaign takes it to federal court and says okay well pennsylvania violated the constitution this way this way and this way and then they certified the election against the federal requirements about what you have to do in order to certify and the supreme court can say okay pennsylvania you get no electors that is the check and balance I think that California should be able to let all illegal immigrants and 12 year olds vote that they want. And when when that is found to violate the federal election law, then the Supreme Court comes back and says, "Okay, California gets no electors. Yeah, if if that's what they 
And, and also, if you are a person in California who gets totally disenfranchised because suddenly your vote doesn't count. Well, first of all, welcome to not being in a swing state where your fucking vote doesn't count anyway. I've been there my entire life. But secondly, maybe elect some honest fucking people instead of these corrupt dickholes that are screwing up your state by certifying a fraudulent election. Maybe if you do that, then your vote might start counting. I'm feeling like this is a self-correcting problem if the people of the state care. Certainly could be. But you're right. The people have to care. They have to get their heads out of their phones and watching The Bachelorette or whatever they're watching. That's all so important. The uh, politics is just so far out there. And we have an issue. We have the issue with people getting their news from social media rather than the mainstream media, although the mainstream media now is really not pushing anything different. We just have a lack of transparency in the media. And this is something that I didn't see coming, you know, 20 years ago, that it would get as bad as I mean, there was always bias, but there were always the the big guys, you know, the Walter Cronkite types, the, uh, you know, the guys that stood for something, even if it went the way they didn't like politically, they were going to make damn sure that what they reported was the truth. And the truth now has become lost in this. And this is what Project Veritas, their latest thing they've got going on, is exposing this, which is the CNN calls being, you know, all the people in the network being told, you know, what to report and what not to report. This is this is a a, a cultural cancer in the United States, because I, I have to admit, I never saw it coming where we would have openly fraudulent, fraudulent elections. That was that was the kind of thing that only happened in third world countries where the culture was one of, of graft and dishonesty. And the America that I grew up in, regardless of, of what position you wanted to take, everybody understood that ethics was important and you had to deal with people honesty, honestly, even if you disagreed with them. And I don't know when that went away, but. Young people in America are not being taught ethics in school anymore. And there are enough of them now. You know, there are there are still a lot of very good parents who are teaching their kids the golden rule and it's not good to steal and you, you know, you shouldn't punch people just because you don't agree with them. There's lots and lots of people who are turning out fine because their parents care. But the schools are not introducing people to ethics anymore. And there are an immense number of people now who have no concept of, of a do unto others, what you would have them do unto you. They they'd rather just do unto others and, and screw the consequences because it feels good emotionally. Well, you must now think the way that everybody else thinks or else you will be left behind which there was a story well, you you can you can believe that but the or else used to be you'd get your ass beat yeah if you but now now people are going out and saying you're not wearing the same you, you don't have the same color skin as i am and i'm gonna punch you in self-defense and it, it, nobody's being taught that that's wrong no well this is because they're being taught the exact opposite there was a university of texas san antonio student that was booted from her sorority for a TikTok video that she posted um, 
She was a member of the Zeta Tau Alpha sorority, as well as president of the school's Turning Point USA chapter, posted a video supporting President Donald Trump. Sounds like a total deplorable to me. Of course. An eight second clip that had demonstrators holding an American flag and signs that read Trump 2020, all lives matter and back the blue. And that got her booted from her chapter. The uh, the email that was sent to her to, to clarify the charges against her because she's such a horrible person said that. Uh, let me see Wait, here. Charges. Well, the charges, like, like criminal charges, or just no, just the, the charges oh. against her in the in the whatever the sororities legal, oh, you know, for okay, them to whatever. boot her out. <laughs> no, I, 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 I've never been in a sorority, but I've been well, in a fraternity. The same yeah, thing. I understand how that shit works. Yeah. So uh, she was she was booted for conducting herself, quote, in a manner detrimental to her chapter and or members of the fraternity, among other things. They clarified that the charges were specifically for, quote, the statement, all lives matter, is extremely hurtful to our sisters and is very unsisterly. Yeah, you, you know what else is hurtful is if I beat your ass down for being a retard. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? That's that that's that's promoting violence. I'm gonna get canceled from this show now. They continue. ZTA stands for Black Lives Matter, and the statement All Lives Matter goes against okay. Wait, ZTA stands for Black Lives Matter. They suck at acronyms. I know they really do. Um, but this is where we are at again with the society that you cannot be inclusive. You will be booted because being inclusive is not being inclusive. Being inclusive means you don't like Black Lives Matter. If you say all lives matter, obviously, that means you hate black people. I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, to actually think about this logically and have somebody stand up, which is pretty much, again, I will invoke, even though C. Mike said I was a racist for it. I will invoke Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who said that we should look at the content of somebody's character, not the color of their skin. I think he would be the first one to tell you all lives matter. It That's doesn't racist. matter. Yeah, I know. Dr. Martin Luther King obviously was a racist because no, we no, have- he was a black guy. He couldn't be racist. But you, by quoting him, are racist. Yeah, I guess that's true. That is so that's sad. how it works today. That is so slippery of a slope to say, you know what? Not only do I believe black lives matter and I do, but I believe, uh, you know, Asian lives matter. I believe Irish lives matter. I believe every life matters. And to say that is exclusionary, these fucking morons that want to say saying all lives matter is exclusionary are stupid. It's nuts. It is absolutely nuts. But people just let it it go on like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you go, girl. It's back to my original point earlier about communicating badly. People have redefined terms. Racism now means being white and all lives matter means I am a racist. It means that you white supremacy. And once you are operating under your new redefinitions, then we can't communicate because you have changed the terms of every Thing, of, of everything that we talk about when once you're operating under a new definition you've made up we're not using the same definition and we cannot communicate no yeah you can't communicate you can't have any beliefs that might be a little different than the person next to you we want diversity but that's only the diversity of your genitals and the color of your skin they don't want any diversity of thought oh that's dangerous no it's the 
And in fact, there have been a lot of places where people have tried to use the, the, oh, you want to include all sorts of people. I even saw this at, at the company when, when they were saying, you know, when (laughs) the first time that I was in diversity training and they said, well, you know, people, how many times did you have to do this at Microsoft? Uh, every year, every two years or something, oh, but uh, most man. of the time it was online, but the first time it was in person. But when, when I was being told and, and this, this definition never worked for me, this never set well, but I was told that, uh, diversity of, of background and of place, you know, and, and the example they gave, gave was people coming from India and China and everywhere. And you need to Make sure that you have diversity because that translates to diversity of experience, which translates to more people having more ideas. And I always thought, well, but you're making the leap of diversity of skin color and saying that automatically means different ideas. And yes, there's a correlation, but wouldn't you be a lot better off if you actually selected for diversity of ideas? And nobody really ever did that. And there, there've been plenty of attempts at various places to take the diversity of skin color rules in companies, in organizations and add, well, let's also protect diversity of ideas. And the answer from HR, from the people in charge is always, we can't add that because then Republicans would be protected and we can't let that happen. Funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. We want everybody to be protected. Yeah. Well, except we them. Want, yeah, we want diversity of ideas as long as everybody believes in lockstep with the same ideology that I have. You cannot exclude our group. So we're excluding your group or excluding our group. Yeah. So, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the great logic of the new era. I just wish I could wrap my head around it, but I can't because it's just so damn stupid. So I've got. uh. I've gone through a third of my notes already. Um, I've got a pretty long, uh, I, I went in and I, I did something stupid. I tried to read, uh, the new, uh, NDAA renewal bill. So if you're only a third of the way through your notes, does that mean we have three more hours to go? I hope not. I hope that what we've got is some, uh, some experts. We do have some experts and we should thank our experts because this is the first day of December that we're doing a show. So we, of course, will be mentioning our Patreones. I mean, there's only four now, but uh, we do have a story with the Patreones, too. But first and foremost, I want to thank our buddy Mark Reinhardt, who came in through the U.S. Postal Service, keeping them in business, buying a stamp, sending in a check the good old fashioned way. Came in with a hundo, a hundred bucks, and it is greatly appreciated, along with the note that said, love grumpy old Ben's. Your tech software tips are great. Thank you for your entertaining podcast from almost a guy named Ben. Mark our outside of Detroit where real men vacation. And I don't know if that's true, Mark. I don't know if real men vacation outside of Detroit. I mean, I think you would have to be a real man to be able to vacation outside of Detroit and survive it. But uh, maybe we'll send Bemrose there. We'll see if he survives it. Uh, don't tell him that's where he's getting a one-way trip. I think he just went to the bathroom, but that's okay. We'll be sending him off to Detroit and see if he comes back in one piece. We also want to thank our buddy Progo, who also did the snail mail thing. Well, you know, he let his bank do it, which is a great option. That's what our buddy D. Metis is doing as well. 
If you go to your bank where they do the bill pay, you can put grumpy old Ben's in. You can put our P.O. box address in and you could just tell them to write us a check every month. And then you never have to think about it again. It's a beautiful thing. They do all the work for you. And that's what Progo's doing. Comes in with his 12 buck monthly. And we appreciate that. And another one that came in that was a monthly subscription, Bernard Engelskircher, which I believe I always butcher his name and I apologize, but that comes in through the PayPal, which you can do as well over at grumpyoldbens.com, where you can click that donate button. They'll do a one-time donation or they can do a monthly recurring donation. You have a question. You know what the best thing about the monthlies are? We don't even have to send out invoices. Yes. Well, I mean, we could, but they would. Well, we send out a podcast and that serves as a reminder. So invoices are unnecessary. It is your reminder to support Grumpy Old Benz. We work on the value for value model and we get some people on Patreon. It's just one of the possibilities. If you want to do a monthly thing, we don't really post content there. I mean, I posted a couple of things, but it's mainly just an easy way. If you're on their site already, if you're in their ecosystem, you can use Patreon to get us the cash. And that's fine. Our buddy Brian Genak does that. He's also a fan of that Larry show, that Larry show.com. So you should check out Larry's show as well. It's hard not to be a fan of that Larry show. I know. I was trying to listen to Larry's last night when I was just about going to bed and I put the earbuds in and I turned it on and it was a great cold opener and I was really into it. And then I fell asleep. So I have to listen to that one today. But Larry does really good stuff. One of the best storytellers around. Also on Patreon, Jacob Hernandez. Coming in with five bucks monthly. We also have now the name Rabbit of Carbong, which is coming in $5 monthly. But this is the patron that was our new patron that we talked about on the last show with the name Airport Pooper. Uh, before we get to that story, Stevie, also our longest Patreone, still coming in. And he sent a check the other day, too. So he obviously thought we were doing even better work. Or he forgot that he was on Patreon and was sending us money in two places, in which case, keep it, keep it up, Steve. Just keep adding no, places. The, no, the, the only explanation is that we're doing work so well that, it, yeah. I agree. We are doing some good work. And there is a story because we read the name Airport Pooper as the new Patreon subscriber on the Monday show. And we figured there had to be a good story behind the name. And I got an email. That said, oh, oh, yes, I want to hear it. Since you and Sir Bembrose are curious, I chose Airport Pooper as my Patreon name to amuse or confuse creators. I mean, that worked. There's no question. (laughs) It's a pretty valid reason. It's the kind of thing I would do. Yes, it definitely amused us. And I mean, it didn't really confuse, although we were curious about the name. So perhaps both. I'll, I'll admit to a little bit of confusion. Yes. It goes on my previous Patreon name was butt stuff so i mean (laughs) there's there's definitely a pattern here there's definitely something you can kind of get your hands around there no pun intended i changed it to airport pooper after a busy year of traveling for work at every airport i made sure to let each city know exactly what i thought of it via bathroom warfare okay do you you have like a high level overview Uh, like i i would Inquiring minds want to know which airports should we route through if we want to optimize for best bathrooms? Let us know. That's a good question. You can see which one has the best bathrooms, but uh, it was bathroom warfare and then goes on to say Atlanta 
always gets extra. It knows why. What extra sh- extra poop? I guess. I mean, that's I have made sure to let each what? city know exactly what I thought about it via bathroom warfare. Atlanta always gets extra. It knows why. So I don't know what Atlanta did, but it did something. Uh, Atlanta, you know what you did. Yes. And you should go stand in the corner and think about what you did, Atlanta. I mean, that for whatever this is and with the election stuff, you really are. You've been disappointing us, Atlanta. Uh, And the letter, the letter continues. Now that the Rona has stopped travel, I need a better, more childish Patreon name. I love the show. Best tech news in the universe. And the most surprising part of the note followed this because it's signed. I was a little surprised at best tech news in the universe, but I'll take it. (laughs) No, you were just saying we're doing really good work. That's why Steve E was sending us like more. The universe is a big place and there's a lot of tech news out there. I know, but we're the best tech news in the universe, but I was most surprised. Now, if there was anything, if you were going to try to do any kind of figuring out who this person is, what would you say you know about this person? Airport um, pooper. Yeah, I, I, lots of airports, lots of poop. Uh, I don't know. Is it Seronymous? No, it's Dame J of the Angry Clouds. I had, the fact that it was a woman just made me laugh after this whole I, note. I believe that. Yes, I do. But it was a surprise. I, I like I like the term angry clouds. Yes. I mean, Both that's because that describes flying a lot, maybe flying through thunderstorms or something. That'd be the literal. But also because, you know, of course, the tagline of this show is is two old guys yelling at the cloud. Yes. So we appreciate exactly where you are, Dame J of the angry clouds. And we appreciate the donation and we appreciate the airport pooper name because uh, it did. It's it stood out. There's no question about it. It was like, Okay, yes, Ryan, we got a new Patreon. That's really cool and all. But the name's Airport Pooper. That there was <laughs> there was questions about. It, it it was in fact a thing. Yes. And so we appreciate everybody for supporting the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast as we are here now in the holiday season. Remember Grumpy Old Ben's at grumpyoldbens.com if you want to keep yes. this program on the air. This Christmas, give the gift of grumpy old Ben's and trust me, you won't have to deal with those family members next Christmas. Can can they do that? Can they give the gift of grumpy old Ben's? I mean, I guess we have some merchandise, but can they do? Yeah, well, it it couldn't be hitting people in the mouth because that's a new agenda thing. But uh, you just make sure, you know, go. Here's what you need to do is when you go to your. Actually, you know what? This entire story takes place in some kind of fantasy land where people are allowed to go out of their house. But let's assume. Um, that that maybe all the lockdowns will end and people will be out at Christmas, then here's what you need to do is you go find that one music player in the corner that has been playing nonstop Christmas music on low since the second week of December. And when right before everybody sits down for their after meal settle in when when they can't move physically because they've eaten too much and and their minds are wide open for whatever. And, you know, the, the point where political talk isn't allowed because people might be in, exposed to ideas that they can't handle, then just go in and surreptitiously switch off the Christmas music and put on an episode of Grumpy Old Ben's. Right. That is a conversation starter. Although it is. It'll, it'll, it'll get people yelling. It's even easier if they have one of the talking tubes, because then you could just say, 
device. Oh, yeah. Play grumpy old Ben's and be like, okay. And <laughs> then it'll just, device. No. What, what, what did you call your device? Is that there's, well, it could be Alexa Google. play right. grumpy old Ben's. Yes. And then that would play it and that would go I, along. I, I want you to say that because I want to hear you talk to the one behind you. That's, that's listening to everything you're saying right now. It's not actually behind me. It's in the next room and probably like 20 feet away, but the microphones are that good. Yeah. That, that scares the fuck out of me. Is it should because it's always it's always listening to what you say. But that was what I did the first year that my mother in law had one of those devices and we went over there for Christmas and that was playing the Christmas music. And I just went, you know, hey, play heavy metal. And then it started playing Metallica and all of that kind of stuff. Which was better than the Christmas music. It was it was a beautiful thing. I mean, your Christmas may be different than mine. I don't know. But it, I don't know. I my my Christmas is is done with a bunch of in laws uh, who probably would benefit from some grumpy old Benz. Well, yeah. See, grumpy old Benz is good. Give the gift of grumpy old Benz. I mean, if you want Sir Bemrose or I to do a personalized you know video for a family member, just send it at least fifty bucks. I mean, they have these sites that do that kind of stuff now, right? Where it's like, hey, we'll send a personalized video. I mean, hey, who wouldn't want Sir Bemrose in his robe in the Lazy Boy? to to send a personal a video greeting with a cat yes yeah the, the cat's important is the cat extra or is that just part of the package well i think the cat never leaves so it's not like i can remove the cat to do if, if they don't pay so you are really like a really bad bond villain i i yeah i haven't managed to take over the world even once yes fletcher fletcher correctly points out the site that does all those with the celebrities is called cameo and Sir Bem, uh, Sir Matthew thought maybe you were on OnlyFans, Ryan. So I don't know uh, what that's all about. It, it, I, I, I'll give you all the pussy shots you need, but that's all you're getting. And he's talking about his cat. I mean, that was one of the best yeah. Steve Martin bits. I remember hearing that at like 10 years old and being like, what does that mean? I still haven't figured it so out. Anyways, if anybody can help me out. Um, what? What? What do you got? What do you got left? Oh, uh, I got a bunch of things left. Uh, like, um. A very sad day. The Arecibo telescope collapsed. Which what is the Arecibo telescope? Uh, that is the big ass dish that fills up a whole uh, canyon in Puerto Rico that um, it, it was mainly popularized by it was the the site of the end sequence in the film Goldeneye, which was Pierce Brosnan's first James Bond appearance. Um, where the they had the canonical fight at the top of the big instrument platform that's hovering over the center of the dish and then at the end by the way spoiler alert for a movie from 1995 um the bad guy gets punched to fall down to the bottom of the dish and then in true bond style because he likes to blow up shit and cause property damage he blows up the instrument platform which then falls onto the bad guy who is sitting on the dish and the bad guy, by the way, Sean Bean, who has the greatest death scenes in any movies ever. Um, and then the Arecibo telescope was also featured heavily in the first 40 minutes of the movie contact, which was probably one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever. Um, anyways, big ass radio telescope where the, the dish itself is probably a little under a quarter mile across. And The telescope is uh, maybe, maybe not a quarter mile, but it's got to be, got to be 1500 feet across. It's pretty huge. And then the telescope itself is suspended by cables above the center. Well, 
the telescope is not suspended by cables anymore. It turns out that when you don't do any maintenance on it, those cables will eventually snap and the instrument platform fell into the dish down below. Um, They're talking about uh, Puerto Rico is going to have to scrap the entire big telescope. They have other astronomy. The whole thing's on top of a mountain because when you want big telescopes, you want minimal atmosphere in the way. Um, they have other facilities there for studying stars, but the big radio telescope is, uh, is going to be torn apart. It's a sad day. Yeah. I mean, that's, we were looking for life out there, man. Now, how are we going to see? I, I, I feel like, you know, we'll have to use some of any of the other telescopes around. Oh, I don't even know if Arecibo is the biggest one anymore. Um, there are other big telescopes, but, uh, you know, the, the first thing that most people ever heard of, of Arecibo was in Goldeneye when uh, they said, well, we know that there's a we know that there's a some kind of installation out here somewhere and they're flying a plane along and suddenly a missile comes out of a lake <laughs> in the middle of it. And then the lake drains and it turns out that the bottom of the lake was this big ass dish. And that that was like the whole plot point. And it was fascinating. And from that moment on, which was like 1994, 95. Uh, I was looking at this going, you know what? I, I don't have the space for it, but I want a telescope that big. Well, you're, you're out there and you can, in the middle of the forest, you could build one. I, I'm not actually in the middle of the forest. I'm in the middle of the city. Just elevate And as it. much as I think the city would be improved by bulldozing enough of it to build that dish, I'm, I'm not sure they'd let me. You're probably right. You're probably right. And the story that I had on the list here, not a big one, but one that we probably should have talked about earlier. In the guise of treating different people differently, San Francisco has banned smoking tobacco inside apartment complexes. Yeah, that's not enforceable. Well, you would think, but uh, you. I mean, I'm sure they've got their army of Karens who've been trained on COVID to always snitch on everyone. But yeah, and it's uh, I mean, I get it. I lived in a townhouse before. That, you know, again, if the person that was on their patio, which was so close to yours, if they were smoking and the window was open, you'd smell it. You know, I get it. You know, people that annoys people, but. But it's a big difference reporting things to your landlord or property manager and reporting things to the city. Yes. The the city cities in general do not actually care about the people. So I'm not sure that they want to put that many people on enforcement. Then again, you know, if, if they sufficiently defunded the police to the point where the social workers are dealing with all crime maybe they've got plenty of people to i i I don't know where i'm going with that probably but the difference here again though san francisco bans smoking tobacco inside apartments i didn't just say they ban smoking inside apartments for the very important reason is that it's okay to smoke marijuana in your apartment of course yeah you can smoke weed you just can't smoke tobacco (laughs) that's very california yeah it's like again where's the logic here i don't really understand it it, you know, I, I, I grew up, I used to always tell people, um, Are you sure you part did? of the reason uh, well, okay. I, I, I got older. <laughs> um, part of the reason why I have asthma now and why I, I have to be careful when I go outside because nowadays everybody is constantly, you know, I, I cough and it, you, you, you cough and that's like farting in church these days because everybody looks at you like, Oh shit, you have the Rona. Well, no, I don't have the Rona. I have chronic asthma and, and allergies and I'm always congested when I'm outside because uh, I, this place has way too many plants that are all spewing pollen in the air. They're attacking your system. 
part of the reason why I have asthma is uh, because I was a secondhand chain smoker for the first 19 years of my life. Uh, my parents always smoked in the house. And for for that reason, among others, uh, I grew up absolutely hating everything about tobacco. But the funny thing is, even knowing that back in 2004, when uh, Washington State decided to pass by initiative, uh, a law that banned all smoking in all anything open to the public, which includes all restaurants and bars. Uh, it's 2004. Um, all restaurants and bars in Washington state automatically non-smoking a hundred percent. If you want to smoke, you go outside, you stand your ass outside where it's cold. You have to be at least 25 feet away from every entrance, et cetera. Wait, shouldn't places. it be six feet? No, no, 25. Turns but- out that turns out that the, the masks don't help with tobacco smoke either. <laughs> right. And, but- uh, and I just want to say our buddy Fletcher of the hog story podcast points out that in San Francisco, Right now, you can't be a chronic smoker, but you can be a chronic smoker. <laughs> uh, touche. Yeah. But anyways, even back then, I looked at this and I went, wow, this is really, really, um, I, I, I wanted to say unconstitutional, but it, it completely violates the idea of property rights. I hate tobacco. I, I, it, it just the very idea causes me to go into an asthma attack as soon as you know i get one whiff of somebody smoking a cigarette nearby i hate being around it i don't like it but at the same time if if a the owner of a bar wants to allow tobacco in their bar and everybody knows that this is a smoking bar and you go in and you have to you deal with the smoking and if you don't want to deal with smoking you don't go in that is property rights Saying that all bars should be in, and this, by the way, was the, the argument. Well, if I want to go into a restaurant and I don't want to smell smoke, then I'm being discriminated against. Well, don't go into that restaurant. You dumbass go into the other restaurant that doesn't allow it. That's right. how it's supposed to work. Yeah. It makes more but, sense. I mean, it really does. But hey, you know, the state steps in and decides to make up laws for everybody. Hell, you know, central planning always works better than, than letting people figure it out on their own doesn't accept that it never does well because it's a lot easier for a bar owner or restaurant owner to go hey what that out state law rather than if there was yeah, no state law and they got to the choose. bad guy right if they if they're the ones that had to choose and you're like hey i want a no smoking restaurant and somebody lights up then when you go over and tell somebody to put it out they know you really have no legal standing behind you. I mean, you could probably have somebody, you know, the cops come and kick the guy out, but there's nothing you can do to him. But but the irony is, you know, in, in the 60s and 70s, everybody smoked. And if you were a non-smoker, if you wanted to not be around smoke, then you were kind of screwed because the vast majority of people, if you wanted to go into a restaurant, every restaurant had a smoking section in the restaurant, which I can tell you from experience, that's a little bit like having a peeing section in the pool, but whatever. Um, <laughs> But, yes, unless you have really good air purifiers and they didn't. And, and nobody did. <laughs> yeah. But, but nowadays, smoking is is uh, if, if you smoke, you're practically a pariah. Uh, if, if you decide that you're going to have a cigarette, then everybody looks at you like, oh, God, you're it's a leper. He's got the plague. It's or, or you know, you the, 
I know enough to know the difference between a smoker's cough and a Rona cough, but a lot of people are look like, oh God, you're you're coughing. What happened? Are you are you sick? Are you going to get me sick? Or you you don't care about me because you're not wearing a mask that you're smoking your cigarette through? I, but smoking nowadays is it, it, everything's changed. If you, non-smoking is the norm, which means that a restaurant that would choose not to allow smoking anywhere in the restaurant so that they could cater to the larger crowd would be a very capitalist economic thing to do. It would work. And the restaurants, a very much smaller number who say, I want to cater to people who want to smoke indoors. It can work. And you just have some restaurants that do and some don't. And you would know which one to go into. It's really easy. You open the door, you smell smoke. If that's what you want, you go in. If that's not what you want, you go to the next restaurant over. This is the kind of thing that allowing restaurant owners to do their own thing would solve. And so even when this, I, I, I had people back in 04 when Washington was trying to ban all smoking in all public places. I was like, this is a terrible law. And they're like, I thought you hated tobacco. Like I do, but I also hate terrible laws. And this is one. Well, speech is the new smoking then. It is. It's kind of sad. But I mean, we did have fucking authoritarians. Yeah. And we did have a message on the voicemail from uh, uh, the, the 20th of last month. So, I mean, I'm not really uh, on the ball of checking this, but it's uh, it's an invitation for you to join Sir Seats that are on abs in a six pack. And I will play. Hey, Grim Rose. That's you. Don't oh, be oh, a pussy, wait. man. Come on my show. You can't talk about doing, you can't talk about watching porn all the time let alone watching porn while you're doing the show and not rank the top porn stars with me. So come on, faggot, let's do it. So yeah, that uh, was, that was, an, okay. that was a very polite request for you to do abs in a six pack. Will you do abs in I a six pack? I would suck at that game. I don't know porn stars. I don't care enough to learn their names. <laughs> well, that might be the most dehumanizing thing you've ever said about any group of people. <laughs> yes, because boobs. Right, and you can't you can't change human biology, okay? Once you see the boobs, you're like name not important, name not no. important. And besides, I you know it, the especially this year, it's a big turnoff because of course all of the best porn stars are in their twenties. Once once they're forty five, it it it's a rare one that keeps the looks. It's just it's biology. Don't don't judge me. It's my job. Yeah, but, but you're not supposed to be attracted to twenty year old women now that you're over forty. You know, I can still want to look at them. No, that's that's evil. But the thing is, all I have to do is I look at him and be like, that's a really nice body. And I need to stop there because if I think about the person behind it, I'm like, oh, well, that person is is posting from uh, from their college, which means that they're probably brainwashed and they probably voted for Biden and, <laughs> and you. And then it just like total boner killer. So that's it. That's it for you. You're like, you're totally ready to to dial it up to 11. And then they're like. You did vote for Joe, right? And you're like, oh, I got to go. Actually, I don't care who they voted for. It's it's if if somebody decides to tell me <laughs> like, OK, why would you even? Yes. Why is this the most important thing for you to tell me right now? Yeah. Well, I did. And, and I'm I'm not just being sexist here. I mean, I am, but not just because there are a lot of of Tinder profiles or whatever. They, I don't even know. Is Tinder still the 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 place where people go for hookups instead of interacting in in person. I don't remember I think so. on a lot of online dating profiles 
will list political preference. Will list shit like, you know, I only want somebody from this race. We'll we'll list a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't well, well, th- well th- me, you shouldn't care about. Let me like, ask you this though. And because this if is you right, think this- that if you think that your political preference is important enough to be listed on a dating profile, then then I don't want to date you no matter what it is. But let's peek down this rabbit hole for a minute, because this was one of the things that I saw mentioned in one of the comments or something about this was, I think, related to the story of the person that was like, well, straight men need to get over their non-attraction to trans women. And this was somebody made that comment like, it's just like it's racist to be like no Asians in your dating profile. And it's like, but is it because you aren't attracted to Asian men or women, whichever it may be? It turns out I'm not attracted to Asian men. Who knew? Right. Now, does that make you racist? I mean, D- despite their similarities to Asian women. Oh, hey, oh, <laughs> but it's like, I just thought this would uh, this would simplify the process. Everybody has a type. So if somebody only likes blondes, it's like it's definitely you, know, you don't get a whole bunch of crap for going, you know, brunettes need not apply. But if you know that you're not attracted to the overall Asian features and you just say not interested in Asian women. That's not necessarily means that you're racist against Asians. You just don't prefer them to be your sexual partner. I I just don't see the correlation that I mean, why are we having to do the dance of like, well, I know I'm never going to want to date an Asian woman. So saying so up front is racist to me. It's like Major League Baseball. Like if you're going to hire a new manager, you need to at least interview a few people that are minorities. It's like, Well, why? If we already know the guy we want to hire is the white guy over there who's qualified for the job, not saying that the minorities aren't, but we have our choice. Why do we have to interview people knowing we're not going to hire them? Just what? To get their hopes up and then not give them the job? I don't understand. Racism, duh. Uh Uh-huh. I don't understand it. It really. I I just want to bang my head against the wall. You know who the latest one to get out of California is? What? Who? Why? Um. Uh, a little company who uh, back in 1938 was arguably the company that started Silicon Valley uh, was Hewlett Packard. Um, they uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, which which is is half of Hewlett Packard, uh, which broke up in 2015 because they were kind of failing as a company. Um, but HP Enterprise, which controls their data center hardware, is moving their headquarters to Houston along with one third of their workforce. Nice. Because I do want to point out getting the hell out of California. Well, California is even. I do want to point out to booty steed uh, who says no yellow fever for me. Uh, I really don't mind Asian women. I was just making a point. There's plenty of attractive Asian women that if I wasn't married, I'm sure but I would. Can date. you tell the difference between those and the Asian men? Um, I don't know. Can you tell the difference between Ellen Page and Elliot Page? Um, not easily. No, <laughs> not anymore, especially. Uh, but like Kelly, who that was on like Nash Bridges back in the day. Oh, hot. She's still hot. I, I mentioned her on a podcast not too long ago. And our buddy Jay Finley, I think it was like, have you seen her recently? And I looked at it for a current picture. And it's like 20 years since, you know, you saw her in Nash Bridges. Hasn't changed a day. If there's something magical about some genes that women have that uh, they just don't. I, age. Either that or lizard people age more slowly. That could also be, which I mean, really, if you're going to pick somebody as a trophy wife, then a lizard woman would be perfect because she'll stay looking younger, longer. These are the kind yeah. of tips you get here on Grumpy Old Ben's. It's that virgin blood. Yeah. So what now Hewlett Packard got the hell out of California. Yeah. Um, the the story that I read um, 
suggested that taxes, cost of living are too high. Um, they didn't actually give a, a, a reason for leaving, just saying they're re- leaving. But I believe it because a lot of companies are getting the hell out of California and specifically going to Texas because California has insane taxes and Texas has very low corporate taxes. And, you know, Texas Um, has voted Republican for so many years that it's getting questionable now because too many damn commies. Yeah. Lots of Californians (laughs) moving there. They're talking about maybe flipping Texas. Yeah, although they're talking uh, about flipping California. With, That's the interesting part. So with, many with of the them have left. Of, with the help of the Dominion machines, the the um, you know, Texas might actually already be a blue state. Yeah. Why didn't we um, think of these machines? We could have made millions. <laughs> I, I did. I always think about what what could go wrong if you have absolutely no morals or ethics. I just didn't think that it was gonna happen. I, I completely underestimated the levels of depravity that TDS would drive people to to completely throw out all standards of ethics. But and I anyways, really, yeah. I still don't understand what it was personally about Donald Trump that these people hated so much because everything they say he is, they themselves uh, usually are. I don't think most of them have any idea who Donald Trump is personally. I think that, you know, it, it starts with Donald Trump represents a threat to the establishment because he's, he's there you know, drain the swamp. He, he, he is not an insider in, into Washington politics. He's not an insight into national banking, New York, wall street. Um, he is, I mean, he understands it, but he, even, even when he was in New York, he wasn't the, your stereotypical wall street insider. He was always, you know, saying one thing or another that was just pissing off the banks there. And he is a threat to the establishment, to the elites. Um, therefore, the elites who own the media empire spun up their machinery to their propaganda machine to make sure to paint him in the worst possible light. And the at least half the country has been fed so much. Trump is evil. Trump is bad. Trump is a pedophile, whatever the hell they're saying about him. That they believe it because if you repeat something often enough, they believe it. And I think that the the majority of people, and and this is certainly true for the kind of people around here, where if Trump ever comes up, they'll spit on the ground and go, I hate Trump. You don't know who the fuck Trump is. The only thing you know is that you hate the, the caricature of Trump that's been fed to you through these propaganda machines. Yeah, you know what? And I think you're absolutely right because Trump was not a political guy. Until what, like about a year before he was president, that was the first that he was like, hey, I'm going to throw my hat into the ring. And the media treated this like it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Right up until they got the message from above that, hey, you actually need to tear this guy down. Right. Until he won. And then they're like, oh, Jesus. Now, what do we do? It was it was before he won. It was when the moment that he started getting steam. and, And the problem is, like, like I said, the thing that appeals to me most is that he is an outsider to the the media political banking elite and and they can't abide that because it's hard to control him you know they would they desperately want obama back in because he was totally in their pocket and actually by the way if they pull off this election steal they'll have obama back in it'll just be you know a slightly more demented more white obama yeah well even obama's not as crazy as joe and the rest of these people because he even admitted the other days like 
when you say stuff like defund the police, you lose people. And he got pushed back from all these morons. So I guess he's not yeah. there. I and, guess and he's what, not their what about, God anymore. What about when you stay, say stuff like we have the, the largest and most extensive voter fraud network the world has ever seen? Yeah, he doesn't believe that, of course, because that's I believe that I do. I, I do as well, because you're seeing it from some very legitimate sources, some people that I trust that are like, you know what? We'll probably never be able to prove it. But the evidence, as you said, there's a preponderance of evidence when you look at this just mathematically, which is no proof. But you ask yourself, why is this election so different than every other one that it's not following the same patterns? There's a reason for that. It's because despite what Bill Barr has has chosen not to see, there is, in fact, a preponderance of evidence for widespread election fraud. There, there is, in fact, evidence of it out there. Yeah, you have and, to find it. And that's the problem. The courts don't investigate. So for the courts to act on something, you need well, the, investigations. The courts, yeah, courts are not. It's not the court's job to investigate. It, it is the job of people like the Justice Department and Bill Barr, who has intentionally put his head in the sand and say, oh, uh, well, I don't see any evidence of widespread voter fraud. Which, okay, first of all, you're not looking because it's there. But secondly, once you just choose widespread to mean whatever the fuck you want, then that's a waffle word. And you know goddamn well that there's voter fraud everywhere, but somebody got to you. Well, this this is the second major strike I have against Bill Barr, because the first one was him pushing this fucking encryption and everything backdoors thing. You know what, Bill Barr, you were a fucking lizard. Let's jump ahead four years from now. Donald Trump wins in a landslide. You think the mainstream media all of a sudden believes in voter fraud? Donald Trump won't be allowed to run for a third term. All right. Sure. I'm just saying, let's just assume that Biden is stands as uh, what, what we believe is the mainstream media is pushing right now. Biden becomes the vice president or president elect. Kamala Harris becomes the vice president elect. They go through their three years. The next round starts. Donald Trump back on the game wins big. I bet you all of a sudden all the mainstream media who said, that there's no way any of these elections could ever be rigged are all in on all the elections are rigged. Well, we, we know that's true because these are the same people who squawked like chicken little for four years saying that the elections were totally rigged by Russia by a hundred thousand dollars in Facebook ads that they bought. And now are suddenly only for the last month going, Oh, of course the elections are accurate. Uh, it's funny that all of a sudden, that the left doesn't believe that social media swings elections, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, it, 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 no, of course there was nothing wrong with this election. You know, we have, we have 59 retards with PhDs saying to our collective knowledge, no credible evidence has been put forth. Well, okay. Well, you, you're really not looking very hard. Are you? Which is why we do grumpy old Ben's to bring this information to you and hopefully a way that will punch you right in the kisser. So- I, I still have two more stories I wanted to get to. Uh, one of them is uh, you mentioned uh, on uh, Grumpy Old Ben's 112, you mentioned that uh, GitHub was inexplicably doing something good by reinstating YouTube DL. Correct. And, and pushing back against the DMCA notice. Right. And I just want to say two words, Media Box HD. Media Box received- 
HD. Is this a product or a new media uh, box? HD is an iOS and Android app, which is designed for, uh, according to their website, they are designed for, uh, streaming video from your NAS, uh, or from online streams. They have access to your Netflix, your Amazon account, et cetera. Um, but if you read between the lines, they're also really, really good at uh, streaming media that you may not have gotten completely legally. But it is it is a media playing app that is designed to play primarily from your hard drive. However, things got on your hard drive. That's not their, not their concern. That, but um, the MPA, which is is the international organization of which the MPAA is the American arm. Um, submitted a dmca notice to github saying you need to remove this and github took it down wow they have they learned nothing i i don't know um I- interestingly uh one of the main complainants and and this one only picked up my eye uh, caught my eye because you mentioned it last show uh was the producers of the movie hellboy yeah they've been going and they're sending uh the uh the notices like they used to do here in the united states which is like your ISP has been tracked to piracy of our movie. Pay us $300 or we'll sue your ass. That's going on <laughs> in Brazil no? now. Oh God. Uh huh. I was going to, I was going to clip that, but I'm like, okay, that's a little fringe, but yeah, this is going, there's a big push for this stuff again. Yeah. Um, and it was only, it was only a few months back that, uh, they also sent a DMCA takedown to the tweak box app store, which is an independent app store. I hadn't heard of for tweakers. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I, maybe that's why I haven't heard of it. Um, but they also removed the media box HD app because the Hellboy producers complained about it. Um, anyways, uh, and anyways, you, know, you said anyways, yeah. anyway, I, you know what? I don't care. Don't fucking complain to me about that either. I'm not John and Adam. I don't, you don't I judge don't follow. You know what? They can, they can impose their own grammar rules that they want, by the way. If I wanted to pick apart everything they say, I, I could, but I'm not going to. Instead, I'll just continue ha- harping on the fact that they constantly played the that video blog dumbass Amy Goodman. I, I digress. Uh, the Media Box HD app, uh, a weird thing, they hosted the iOS version on their own website, which is up and is fine. Uh, so the only thing that got taken down was the Android version, because if you click the Android link from their website, it directed you to GitHub. Uh, the funny thing is, after this takedown, which GitHub posted the text of the takedown, and I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, the the funny thing is, GitHub removed all of the posted binaries available. So now the GitHub page, which says this app has been removed. All they did was they changed the link to point back to the media box HD website where they're now hosting it. So you can get it, but GitHub removed it because it's not being hosted at GitHub anymore. Anyway, uh, the way I see it, this entire story is, uh, and, and like many DMCA stories, which in, in which trigger the Streisand effect really made me want to go out and download media box HD and take it for a spin. See if it's a decent app. Hey, it seems like it sounds like a Cody type app, which I use Cody yeah. daily. And I mean, Cody got a bunch of crap too, mainly for the fact that there was a lot of third party add ons, which would, you know, add channels, add a bunch of pirated content. But the core of it 
is one hell of a system for playing things that are on your local hard drive or on your network attached storage devices. I mean, it's amazing to me that all it, if you download like a whole series of whatever, I mean, legally, of course, it will go by the names and it'll put, you know, pull all the information like you're on Hulu or like you're on Netflix. So when you go over like Spin City episode by episode, it'll tell you what, you know, the little description of every episode comes up. And I mean, it's really some amazing stuff. Nice. Now, I've, I've never tried the it, Cody, you said it was called. Yes, K-O-D. But I will, I will tell you that almost everything that I know about that comes from reading tech stories where various industry groups have been trying to get it taken down as well. Yeah, because so, it's evil. Uh, it, it must be good. It works too well. We yeah, must get must rid of it. Good. Yeah. I, I think that that at least part of that was, and, and you can correct me if this isn't what they do. Um, for some reason, my memory is that they... They got takedowns, not because they were in enabling piracy, although that's probably true, but because they were enabling people to skip ads. I've never had any issue with that. I thought it was all third party repositories that ended okay, up maybe. adding you know, channels that you shouldn't have. Well, you can't possibly go after the people who are pirating. There's too many of them and they're too anonymous. So, of course, if you're a big company, you want to take out the people in the middle who enable playing it. At some point, I'm sure they're going to tear down VLC. Probably because it just works too damn well. Yeah. You know, none of this would be a problem if copyrights were limited. I've heard that. We did an episode on copyrights at one point. (laughs) We've done more than one. And they're they're Uh, still not copyrighted. And then the last the last story that I really wanted to get to in my notes is I have a valid reason why it it, it, putting aside all of the uh, the reasons having to do with, oh, he grabs pussies, et cetera. Here's a reason why you might actually disagree with Trump's politics. I'm I'm not saying you have to, but this is this is a pretty divisive thing. And it has to do with Section 230 and the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, which is uh, effectively a big ass chunk of Congress congressional funding that says, oh, yeah, for the next year, we're going to drop another 700 billion on military spending. Um, Trump sent out an ultimatum to Congress, which by the way, has been generally pretty ignored uh, that said, I will veto the NDAA unless you add an amendment to repeal section 230. This is huge. Um, first of all, NDAA, uh, if, if that doesn't pass the, the types of things that have been in the NDAA every single year, because it's, it's a bill that generally gets rubber stamped, which means that it's also a fantastic vehicle for ridiculous pork. I'll get to some of that in a moment. Um, but the, it's generally something that you, you Congress always wants to rubber stamp because you never want to be seen as anti-military. And if you don't do it, then, then people in the military don't get raises this year. And, and that's really important for people enlisted probably for sure uh but also the generals who need their 30 percent raise to get an extra three million to buy a couple more yachts this year i don't know um i might be off my i might be stereotyping here uh so the ndaa kind of a big deal and it it kind of goes against a lot of norms to even hint that you're not going to pass it but Trump wants Section 230 repealed so much that he has decided 
to jump on to this piece of legislation and say, you need to repeal 230 completely or I'm going to veto. Now, that in itself is, is a pretty bold move. And, and, and not just because Section 230, we, we've talked about Section 230 multiple times before. It is, it is a landmark law, which whether you like it or not, is, is one of the main things that makes the internet what it is today because it a allows cesspool. social networks. Well, it allows social networks to work and it allows platforms to exist without being sued every time somebody posts something that someone doesn't like. And especially in today's cancel culture era, uh, that's kind of a big deal. I think that repealing section 230 would do a lot of harm because Google, Facebook, Twitter, they have enough lawyers to defend against the onslaught of, of lawsuits and guarantee there would be a lot. But even if Facebook gets 10,000 lawsuits filed on day one, they have the money, they have the lawyers to kick them all back. Um, the next Facebook competitor, the next people who, who want to displace Facebook, the ones who might even want to be a platform for free speech, they're going to get one lawsuit and it'll put them out of business. And without any sort of protection from frivolous lawsuits, cancel culture will eat any social network that tries to get created. So I feel like repealing 230 is extremely dangerous, but Trump is rightfully feeling threatened by tech companies who are hiding behind 230 and using it to try to thought police the entire world and censor everything that people say on one side. And, and Trump is fed up with this. And I get that because they do. It is very selective prosecution, which is why I wouldn't necessarily worry about it as much as you that they're ever going to go after the small guy, because you're, you're seeing this already on Twitter, which is Donald Trump posts anything and it's tagged within seconds. Now, anybody on the left posts something that just gets ignored. Yeah, there's well, no they question about it. I, no, they can post stuff like like I'm going to go out and kill all conservatives I see today. Yes. And that is accepted. It's perfectly fine. And, you know, and, and apparently now that once the Facebook algo has changed, they can go out and say, I'm going to go kill every, the first white person I see. And you won't even be slapped down for it because it's against white people. They'll be fine with that. But I digress. It's I'm not very good at that, am I? <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's true. This so, is the problem. I went ahead and dug through, um, it, you know, any kind of repeal to two thirty. By the way, uh, it, it, pretty much nobody in Congress is on Trump's side for this attach a repeal two thirty to it. But I went ahead and and read the draft bill that came out of the Senate. Well, that's and impossible for ask. them to be if they believe that he has lost the White House. The worst thing you could do before Joe even comes in is is poke Joe. Oh yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the, there's political reasons for that. But at the same time, I, I looked at this and went, OK, if you're going to attach a rider to this thing, it because this bill gets rubber stamped every single time, it is the place where you attach shit that you want to push through without anybody being able to complain. So what else was in it? So I went ahead and dug through and and I did come across some other interesting things in the NDAA. Um, oh, I had one other thing that I wanted to, to attach to the, the, there is one person in Congress 
who, by the way, got voted out. And so she's only in Congress for another month. But there is one person who publicly agrees with Trump about repealing 230. And it is somebody who sued Google back in July because Google, right during the days of the DNC, censored her campaign and cut all of her campaign ads. It was Tulsi Gabbard, who, by the way, even back then, I was looking at the large slate of, of group thinking Democrat candidates and thinking of everybody, the only independent thinker up there is Tulsi Gabbard. Now, I couldn't see myself voting for her because, among other things, she's a massive gun grabber who wants to repeal the Second Amendment. But there's a lot of things she says that says, you know, she actually thinks for herself. And I really do appreciate that uh, in a politician. Um, and by the way, uh, just just for uh, I, I also mentioned uh, she got more votes than Kamala at the DNC. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, she and, should have been then the uh, should have been the vice presidential candidate. But, yeah, you know, yeah, but she, she just she, she yeah. doesn't go along with the party. Right. Military service uh, believes uh, in God, doesn't believe that the other she's, side she's is also the enemy. against. She's also against lockdowns. Yeah. She thinks that, that they're they're wrong and has mentioned that, too. So, you know what? It, yeah, it, Tulsi Gabbard is is somebody that I don't agree with her politics at all, but she's got a lot more respect than the average politician from me. But anyway. Uh, so what, what else is in the NDAA? Um, how about $1.5 billion in appropriations specifically for COVID? Oh, I thought it was gonna be for grumpy old Ben's. Uh, that would be nice, but we're not COVID apparently. We could be. Uh, including, um, a section on quote, mental health resources for members of the armed forces and their dependents during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, that, that was almost $700 million or I'm sorry, 70, but anyway, um, Here's uh let's see there's uh <laughs> this one stood out to me repeal of sunset for minimum annual purchase amount for carriers participating in the civil reserve air fleet. So Congress has re- they they are repealing the sunset clause for a minimum annual purchase meaning we want the military to continue to be required to make minimal purchase. This is more military spending on military contractors. You can actually feel the Raytheon or, or Lockheed lobbyist in there writing that section. Well, a lot of people do believe Joe's going to get us back into war so we can get back onto that. So we might need, yeah, we might need a lot more material. If, if Joe declares war on everybody in the world, he, maybe he'll start by bombing Atlanta. I don't know. (laughs) He he might think it's a foreign country. Isn't it? Some people think that. And then uh, here is probably one of the more controversial bits of the current draft of the NDAA. It calls for uh, a plan by the secretary of who knows what uh, to to draft a plan to within two years, remove all names, symbols, displays and monuments that have anything to do with the Confederacy or the Confederate States of America. Uh, including everything named after anybody who voluntarily participated in the Confederate States of America. So the NDAA includes provisions for the military to whitewash everything Confederate from its history. Michelle Obama told us we're going to have to rewrite our history. Yep. Well, it's happening. So uh, say goodbye to the following installations. Uh, Camp Beauregard in Louisiana, Fort Benning in Georgia, 
Fort Bragg in North Carolina, Fort Gordon in Georgia, Fort AP Hill in Virginia, Fort Hood in Texas, Fort Lee in Virginia, Fort Pickett in Virginia, Fort Polk in Louisiana, Fort Rucker in Alabama, Camp Maxey in Texas, and Camp Pendleton in Virginia. All of these installations, if this bill passed, will be within the next two years changing their names because they're all named after people who were part of the Confederacy and the Confederate States of America. That was, what, 160 years ago? So uh, any history that these places might have had in the last hundred years, yeah, fuck them. That's apparently not important. Fort Bragg is, if I recall, that's isn't that where the the Marine Corps are all trained or uh, anyways, one of them. all of these. I, I'm not military, so I don't know the history, but there are a hell of a lot of military people who have a hell of a lot of history associated with these places. And all of that is being thrown out because we're just going to have to rename them because some tender, over socialized idiots are triggered by seeing the Confederate flag and feel like anything to do with anything Confederacy will automatically send them into tears. Because, you know, everybody today is so up on history. If you read a list of every military installation, every ship and all this to your average social justice warrior, do you think they'd be able to point out which ones were named after people that were part of the Confederacy? No, I don't. I don't think most people care. No. I think people. I think people from Fort Benning, the word Benning doesn't mean, oh, some Confederate dude. The word Benning means this is a fort that I am very proud to have had military service in. And it, 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 they're just, yeah, well, yeah, I'm sorry. We have to whitewash history. So this is, this is in the draft of the NDAA that was passed by the Senate and frankly is probably going to pass because they get rubber stamped every year. It probably won't include the repeal to 230, but it almost certainly will include the whitewashing of our history. You know, it's funny that the left really wants to ignore the fact that no human being is perfect. Nobody is perfect. Everybody's done something stupid. Everybody's done something wrong. Nobody has a perfectly clean slate and they act like they can. And it's just nuts. I don't think that they want perfect people. I think that they enjoy the the imperfections in people because it allows them to selectively decide which people they want and which people they don't. See, because I don't know. America- there are a whole lot of imperfect people on the left. And look at Joe Biden. The guy is a walking zombie, <laughs> but we're OK with that because he happens to be someone we agree with ideologically. Now, somebody who has a single character flaw who happens to be on the right cancel well yeah america used to love a comeback not anymore cancel culture is real there is no doctrine of atonement in the wokest religion you there there is no coming back the moment you are canceled you are done you are gone you are persona au gratin you are with cheese yeah i was gonna say that you're getting cheesy cold acid of the podcast uh the the what rare encounter with uh anime whatever it's something like that points out that the left acts like people can't can be perfect because they know they can't and it's just another control measure and he's probably right about that or they're really not thinking logically they're thinking with their emotions which is is the only possible explanation for it for a lot of what comes out of the the new wokeism well yeah because if we would only just get more racism there would be less racism 
I know exactly. that to be true. You, you can't apply logic to this because the people in it are not thinking logically. They've never been taught critical thinking or logical thinking skills. They've been told, go with what you feel and the world will be made perfect for you. Didn't I warn everybody in my random thoughts podcast about bias that this would happen when you let the emotions run nuts? Emotion, I, yeah, emotional I bias. Think, I, I will give you credit for that, but I don't think you're the only one. No, I understand. Other people have had the idea. I think. But uh, I mean, today we are blaming you for running long, the affiliates. Yes. I mean, I was ready to wrap this baby up right at the two hour point. Yeah. You're like, I just got two more quick stories. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I wrote 170 lines of notes. <laughs> I mean, do you need another hour or two? What do you need? And it may actually no. There is one more thing that I am contractually required to say from my notes. And that is a, a quote from Dame Bemrose who wanted to make sure that I got this in. Uh, she says extreme protesting, which by the way, this was in response to yet another wave of protests in downtown Seattle that we had to observe. Um, she says extreme protesting is parkour for assholes. <laughs> She's not wrong. And you do see this now where these, these lockdown orders exclude protests. And it's like, well, it's really important. It's like, fuck you. It is not important that people leave their house to go protest. I'm sorry. You have the internet now. Everybody's got the damn internet. You can protest online. That's fine. Make your voice heard. Make a video. Do what you want. You can actually get more information out with an internet connection than you can rioting and looting in the street. Or am I wrong there? Well, uh, the question is, uh, which platforms are you being censored from? All of them. Sooner or later. In that case, your information (laughs) is worth getting out. Yes. Yes, the more the more censorship you have against you, the more your voice needs to be heard. But with that, I will bid you all adieu and say we will be back to do another one of these shows. Um, what is today? Friday? Monday. We will be back on Monday to do another edition of Grumpy Old Benz. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'm wishing you a white Christmas or wait is that is that bad and well from america's left coast where we don't need a second wave of covid because we're already communist i'm ryan bemrose Yeah.